0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our Humble Abode, the Thunderdome. On this coach-saving Thursday, September 28th, 2023, this sports program starts now. Football! Football it's happening this evening. The NFL will kick off its Week 4 slate as the brand new, new Lions life. travel to the Green Bay Packers on Amazon Prime this evening. Now, there's a fun little stat floating around about this particular game. This is the first time in 37 years. Years that the Detroit Lions are traveling to take on the QB1 mm-hmm.
1: uh-huh. for the Green
0: Bay Packers in which they are favored, currently favored by two going into Green Bay. This hasn't happened in forever. This is a whole new world for the Detroit Lions and their fan base, and they kick off a weekend slate that is going to be spectacular. Hell we'll yeah. be talking about all of it today. We got Michael Lombardi joining us in about 18 yeah. minutes. We got Nick Saban joining us about an hour and four Ooh. minutes. We got Sham Sharania joining us in a third hour out of the Athletic because NBA is happening. Whoa! Yeah. A trade took place yesterday in the middle of our show. Now, our show, mostly football show, because the, nobody's saying, hey, what is uh, the former partner that wears tank tops with his friends uh, talking about? Oh, are they talking about football? Yeah, okay. Are they talking about basketball? We don't care. Mm-hmm. So they, we're not the authority on basketball. Shamserani is, though. Yes, he yeah. is. He's going to get to the bottom of how Dame ended up with the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought he was going to Miami. Yeah, yeah. we all did. I thought he was going to Miami. The Suns got in on a two-three team trade. The NBA, the way they move, is obviously yeah. an incredible one-player-led league. We all agree. Because there's only certain humans that can play in that league. He is now a member of the Bucks alongside the Greek freak, Drew Holiday, who just two days ago said, "I love Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Bucks forever. I'm gonna retire a Buck. Bucks for life." Yeah. He said, actual quote. Next day, bang, you're traded. They're gonna buy him out. I think he's gonna become a free agent. There's a lot of moving pieces. We'll talk to Sean's, but let's not talk any more about basketball. Let's talk about the toxic table at Boston Corner. Seems like uh, a... Yeah, yeah, Pretty cool
2: shirt, huh? What's that? Pretty cool shirt, I'd say. You like that shirt? Well, this is the first shirt that I've ever worn twice on the show, actually. So,
0: yeah, you could say I like this shirt. Well, that was not that's a different Feels- tone than no, what
2: you were no, saying no, no, yesterday. No. The tone yesterday was there's too much going on. You know, today I've accepted the madness. I've accepted the chaos. I welcome the chaos. I love this shirt. And, of course, above all, I love America.
0: You know, people are going to think that the reason why you're wearing that shirt two times... Is because Outkick actually posted the video of you oh, not yeah. liking America, and you feel like you got to prove yourself now yeah. to your potential political party yeah. about what's going on on your the T-shirt. Wing you so, sit on, yeah, the wi- you. the plane. No, no, you know no. that, right, brothers? You know that, does? Oh yeah. You you hopped on that bird and you went right to the right wing. You're like, give me that. Let me go ahead and sit on that thing. That's, <laughs> that's what you've done. And yesterday they said this is our guy this ain't our look, guy, ain't oh, our no, guy. No, no, and now no. you're wearing back-to-back days same shirt i've never seen this out of you no never uh, look i'm a registered independent so i mean if we're <laughs> okay. talking about left wing
2: right sure. wing i'm sitting Me right too, in the middle on the cockpit okay i'm not doing this hanging out on wings okay i love this shirt that's why i wore it and i think whether you're on the left or the right you can you can love this shirt with your whole entire soul now I did buy about eight others that have American flags on them, maybe to prove. You did You tried a little bit. Maybe (laughs) to to hammer home what I'm trying to spin here. But no, it's a great shirt. I'm glad I'm wearing it again.
0: I saw that tweet go out on X. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, obviously, we got added in and everything, so I look at it and I just go, oh, no, God, man. Nah, yeah, These are your people. You, you just burn bridges with your people uh-huh. over there. Shout out to Dan Doctor to have had an interview with Lou Holtz and us being able to run it yesterday for his answer to Ryan Day. The reason why Ryan Day said anything is because one half of the toxic table, at Ty Schmidt, interviewed Lou Holtz Dressed as Lou Holtz. Mm -hmm. Has this been the most absurd run that you've been on, you think, in your time?
3: Yeah, probably.
0: I mean, you know, I mean, we've... They they had a follow-up interview. Exactly. There's been follow-up interviews because of you dressed up like Lou Holtz doing an interview with actual Lou Holtz. Mm -hmm.
3: And it'll probably in some way, shape, or form be a storyline for the rest of the college football season, I would imagine. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I thought it just was going to end on Friday. Hey, fun little little game we played, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that was a neat, neat moment. And then obviously Saturday comes, and then we have no choice but to respond on Monday, and then kind of you know we'll see where it goes from here. But yeah, I, I mean, I I've never been subscribed to the oh hey we live in a simulation all that bullshit, but i tell you what, after this past weekend, I'm I'm starting to subscribe to it a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, our show is in the middle
0: of a lot of stuff. It really is. is. And I think Monday they're going to do an announcement of uh, how many people have potentially seen this particular program over the last month with the addition of the ESPN platform alongside our YouTube and ESPN+. And every time I get updated on all that stuff, I think it's all fake. Mm -hmm. Everything's a joke. This can't be real. But I want to let you know, everything you did with Lou, Mm really funny. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate the (laughs) hell out of you. One half of the hammer, Cowboys telling Diggs is here. We'll talk about that first in 37 years, thing because uh-huh. it is a big deal. Because this is the turning of a tide for not only a franchise but an entire city, maybe. Yeah, Detroit rallying around this Lions team that has been built in their name and image. We are a tough team, a oh, gritty yeah. team, a blue collar team. We want to represent what Detroit is, and they're dogs, dude. Oh, yeah, their offensive line are dogs, uh-huh. their coach is a dog, right. the defense is a dog, their punters a dog. That team is a hungry dog, and tonight, their favorites against the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. We'll talk about that. That line and many others were toned. And then joining us, a man who coached for 36 years. 18 in college. 18 in the NFL. Head coach in the NFL. Defense coordinator in the NFL. defensive side of the ball his entire career. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chuck Pagone. Coach! Coach, big game tonight in Green Bay. I know you've broken it all down. I don't know if you have the full uh, roster and depth chart in front of you like you did last week. We appreciate that information. Early conversation, though, in your mind about tonight's game is going to be what?
4: Um, I'm guessing... You know, if Aaron Jones is back, because A.J. Dillon in the run game up there, he's averaging 2.7. So Ty is not
0: okay. the biggest fan of A.J. Dillon, a football player.
4: you got to have the compliment. It's Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside, Thunder, Lightning. He's Thunder. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's, is he, he's rolling, that,
0: yeah. he yeah. That's the thing. I, I but, man, don't know. But, it isn't,
4: but there is no Thunder right now, right? So they're desperate to get Aaron Jones back. They say he's going to be back. Christian Wat- Watson's going to be back. That should help that offense a little bit. The quarterback's only completing fifty-three percent. I know we love love. We love love, right? Mm-hmm. We always love and him. the but player. He's only complete completing fifty-three percent of his passes. But I think you know I'm a Dan Campbell fan. Okay, I don't give Pete, us a prediction yet. All right, right. So that's yeah. the no, 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 no. I'm not giving no prediction. But they got a good run defense, fifth in the league. They give up seventy-two yards game on the ground. Wow, that's pretty good. Run defense. Whoa. you know, it's all about. So tonight might
0: be a hey, Jordan Love. You know, only fifty three percent completion or whatever. Been without Watson, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and Dobbs have only been doing their thing. Also been out without his left tackle. Who I believe he's out again tonight. David yeah. Bakhtiari, right? Yeah,
3: and Elton Jenkins is out as left well. So, as so well. both the left side of the line uh, won't be playing tonight. And
0: it's good whenever like somebody like Aiden Hutchinson, who is coming to town, never takes a playoff either. Yeah. <laughs> works so
5: hard back there.
0: How do you feel, Foxy, with your team being favored for the first time in 37 years against QB1 in Green Bay? Now, you told me earlier, if they were to get to win this evening, that'd be four straight against the Green Bay Packers uh, for the Detroit Lions. Do the Lions have the Packers number, or is this just, hey, Hey. another game for the Lions?
5: No, let me tell you this. Six years ago, I met Ty Schmidt, and we talk Lions-Packers all the time, and he said this to me. He said, Foxy, nothing will matter for the Detroit Lions until Aaron Rodgers is done, retired, Gone from the Packers, and here we are. We're finally here. We've won three in a row tonight, will be four, and we're favored in Lambeau. I think, hey, I'm gonna say, I think this is the Lions division this year. Okay, I I, really do. I
0: love that. I love you saying that here going into week four, you know, because we will certainly follow that storyline for a good time. But not only is Aaron not there anymore, remember how Aaron left the NFC North, yeah, Mm -hmm. home game, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Against the Lions. Playoff berth on the Prime time. And the Lions get a big-time win. And that
5: was a meaningless game for the Lions. But think about what if the Packers win that? And what if they make a run in the playoffs? Does Aaron leave the Green Bay Packers? That was such a big game last year for Detroit and MCDC. And if
0: you're thinking about what's potentially happened behind the scenes with Gunter Kuntz and Lafleur, and how they view this era and wanting to move to this uh, They're probably pretty thankful for the Lions. Oh,
4: yeah. 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 You guys get that
0: big-time win on, you know what I mean? Send him into that darkness retreat, you know, and then
4: we weren't able to get a hold of him. Gosh 4-2.
0: Against the Packers? Yeah. Goff's a player. There's a yeah. clip coming out from uh, NFL Films of Goff, and we saw this on, I believe, Everything DB with Darius Butler the other day. Yep. Laporta's touchdown, oh, yeah. where Jared Goff stands in the pocket and has to take a shot. This is what Jared Goff said to the huddle right before. Listen to how calm, knowing he's going to take a free shot, because that's like a part of the play. Yep. This is the quarterback, knowing he's going to take a free shot in this next play. Listen to how calm he is and what he says to the boys right before it takes place.
6: Lions with the
7: football, 3-3 game. I don't know if y'all want to know, but this is the one. So. Okay,
8: First everybody. 10 like after this. After the penalty. Hands behind From his back. back. Yeah. Hey,
7: boys.
0: 44. So calm. Set.
8: Set.
0: First sound. Catch him offset. set. Campbell <laughs> in his face. Got Who cares?
8: Wide open. It
0: is Sam Touchdown! Touchdown. Lions. Yeah. they talking almost. shit to Calais. Yeah, almost. Almost. <laughs>
9: You hey. want to talk about a beautiful play design. I love
0: that this is what Jared Goff has become. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now, we have certainly had our uh, story with Detroit. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. We talked about the Lions more than any humans talked about the Lions, strictly because Evan Fox is yeah. on a microphone. Mm-hmm. So we had to talk about the Lions because every week it was like, hey, Detroit's not playing too bad. And then Detroit <laughs> would lose in yeah. an epic fashion. Detroit would have the lead in the fourth quarter. Then they would lose somehow. Then that would happen again. And again, and And again, and And again. again. And then we learned that that's how it's been for like 40 years. That is literally what Detroit Lions football is. Every game you think you're going to win, you're in the game, and then Heartbreak City at the very end. Almost you know, representative of what ended up happening with the city of Detroit. And then now, with Dan Campbell coming in there, rebuilding the culture, and the city is blossoming and building again, and they're starting to take it all over, it feels like Jared Goff had to experience the same exact thing. He was down at the very bottom. When he got kicked out, boom! of the Los Angeles Rams organization by McVay, who was in a hot tub Mm -hmm. in Cabo with Matthew Stafford. That's how that deal gets done. So he gets sent up to Detroit. Everybody's mocking him. L.A. to Detroit. He had a golf course that was actually on hard knocks in his backyard. Now he's moving to Detroit, Michigan, which I don't know if anybody's saying, you know what? Get me to Detroit. Yeah. Even though. Detroit's coming back.
4: Yeah,
1: Good city
0: now. From what I've been told, it's coming all the way back. It's beautiful and everything like that. So then what did Goff do? Just put his blinders on. Just put his blinders on. Went to work. Trusted that Dan Campbell and the boys were going to get the right pieces. And now he's one of the most successful. He's top five quarterback in the NFL. Top six quarterback in the NFL. And he has the poise 3-3 game right there against an Atlanta Falcons defense that is very tough. Oh, yeah. Going to be a tough game for the Lions. He's got his hands behind his back. He's like, hey. Don't know if you guys want to know. This is the one. Yep. He knows he's taking that free shot. He's rolling left. Everything's going to the right. He knows there's somebody going to be in his face. Does not care. He's the perfect quarterback for the situation going on up there. Dan Campbell is the perfect head coach for them. And it feels like it's really all starting to come together. But – the Green Bay Packers can just say, ah, we don't care. Yeah, this don't is the Jordan Love era taking off. With Watson back, that's good news. Aaron Jones back, that's good news. How's your confidence level, Ty Schmidt, as an owner of the Green Bay Packers, looking ahead to this evening on Prime?
3: I feel pretty good. I mean, the Lions, I think, are – I mean, this is – a. it's the brand-new Lions. You know, like, that's not just a moniker. I think that is for real. I feel a lot better that the Packers won last week. If they would have been 1-2 and two going into this game, then it would have felt – not like a must win, but it's like, hey, don't want to start – one and three with, you know, what what we looked at before the year. It's like, hey, the, the Packers going into their bye week realistically could either be tied for first in in the north or, or right in the conversation. To Chuck's point, like Love's completion percentage isn't great, but he's done enough to win two games. And we, Fourth quarter. And we said early on, like, hey, he, Jor- they shouldn't put that on Jordan Love. Like, he shouldn't have to throw 45 times a game in order for them to win. And it just so happens that he had to do that last week because A.J. Dillon wasn't playing well. Aaron Jones is still hurt. So I think it'll be close. I don't think the Packers are the, – like their defense has been very good so far this year too. I don't think they're really – I can't see them getting blown out. I don't know if they're going to win because I think the Lions are very good. But oh, it but, is. Brand new Lions. Ooh. Brand new NFC North. Hell yeah. with Same
0: old Bears. Anyways, yep. uh, don't, no need. Hey, sorry about that, Zeno. That was just <laughs> so kind of cool. out of nowhere. You didn't deserve that completely. Tone, first time 37 years, Lions going yep. into Green Bay as yep. favorites against QB1 yep. for the Packers. I guess there's been backup quarterbacks that have been starting for the Packers over the last 37 years where the Lions were favored going in. But with the starting quarterback in place, first time good versus good, 37 years, they're favored. What are the Lions saying? What's the over-under? What's the expectation for the game?
9: So, yeah. It's it started um, a little bit shorter and it's there's more action coming in on the Lions. Fifty five percent of the bets are, are on the Lions, um, and I think it's because that feels
0: pretty easy. Yeah, that's that doesn't feel that bad.
9: No, no, I think it's because people. I think pe- people love the Lions and people respect the Packers always. And early this year, Jordan Love has looked really good. Um, S- Lions were six and zero against the spread last year against the NFC North. Uh, which, ooh, was, ooh. which was which was kind of shocking to me. Right. Dan Campbell and Lafleur, but been, they were
0: kind of underappreciated last year, right? To Martin, start like the this year, year now. It feels to start like start the year they uh, okay, were you're for saying sure. Well, a, remember yep. they
9: started the year t- terrible, one and six. Yep. yep. And then they they came on at the, at the end of the year. Um, we've always talked about how the the primetime games um, kind of feel like poop games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday night, 23-12-1, and one first half under. So not a lot of scoring uh, in the first half on Thursday nights. Um, the wow. total in this one, I was just looking it up, um, which I don't think it's that high because the lines have been playing such, um, good, uh, defense. Yeah. 45. What's the yeah. graphic up. We 45 it. be, and a half. It should be in there. Boom. 45 and a half. I was making sure it didn't move. Yeah. Yeah.
0: 45 and a half. Cause the line has moved. It went from one and a half. Then at some places it's at two and a half. Yeah. And then some books have it at two and some books still have it at one and a half. Yeah. So I think they're all trying to figure out what the spread's going to be. Chuck, whenever you look at this. Okay, and I know you're not a gambler. Nope. You Italians, we're going to talk a Lombardi. Goes. I don't actually gamble, but yeah. also have a full program <laughs> mm-hmm. and yep. AI here. My that system, kind of, my book. Yeah, if I say. was the book. This would be yeah. my line. And you guys are super Italian, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, uh, I got the horn stuff. right here. Please don't judge. But also sports gambling since yeah. the history of the whole thing. Yep. You don't gamble, but you do look into it. Fair say. Yeah. Lions being favored, does that change anything, you think, uh, culture-wise, for Dan Campbell going into Green Bay now that they're not the, you know, they're supposed to win? That is not normal. That's 37 years, not supposed to win. So anytime you go into Lambeau, which is like a movie, you know, you think of Steve Sable and NFL films and the frozen tundra at Lambeau in Green Bay, Wisconsin, they zoom out, and there's like uh three bedroom houses right next to Lambo just all around that whole thing it's like a movie you go in there NFL fantasy fairy tale land whenever you show up got to play a game there it was beautiful you literally you feel like you're walking through the history of the NFL and when you're going in there and you're not supposed to win that's a lot different vibe right than whenever you're supposed to win or does that not matter to Dan Campbell
4: his culture is set we we see that you know first and foremost so he's not going to allow them to you know, succumb to all that stuff right now. They're they're hard nosed, they're tough. He's not listening to any lines. They they have enough confidence going in there last year and beating their ass at the end when Green Bay had everything to play for. Yep, playoffs in a line, and they go in there and beat them. No, they're not worried about any lines. It's about hey,
0: let's think about these lines real quick.
4: Tough, Foxie, you've done more research than me because
0: good call on that. Prime time last week of the season, supposed to be good to go to the playoffs. Right, wasn't though, but. Mm. Was supposed to be. Got yourself into a position to be there. Yes. Beat the hell out of them. Opening night, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Okay, now we got the Packers on prime time. I mean, it's just like, this is a Lions team that's a wagon. This is... We're in the middle of wagon season. Yes, we are. For the
5: Detroit Lions. First time in my life we can ever say that. First time in my life I can hear a Packers fan say, hey, the Lions actually might be better than us this year. It's unbelievable, and it's awesome. <laughs> that
0: it? yeah. Are they going to have Tim on the sidelines tonight, the Lions? Uh, they they should. They should at least have four or
2: five clips of him talking uh, lined up. Maybe not the motorcycles yeah. one, but at least four or
0: five. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the fact that these Lions are are the real deal, but once again, Jordan Love, can he had his moment yeah. fourth quarter yep. last week in Lamb where he was doing this number here to the Packers fans, and all the Packers fans were all, yeah, you're right, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go!" And in those Packers stadiums, you know, Lambeau, that place remains full. Yeah, I call it a Lions-Packers game where the Lions won by like 40 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Aaron got hurt in the second play, got a concussion. This was in the middle of December. There was nothing on the line. Mm-hmm. I was calling the game, 1 o'clock game. Boy, what a miserable, like legitimate. Oh, if yeah. you're a Packers fan, miserable, freezing cold, oh. just hold, that place is packed all the way through. Now, is that because everybody's flights out of there are booked for later and a lot of people travel in for those particular games? Not a lot of places to go to? Or because whenever you're in there, you just want to experience all that you can experience, Lambeau? It's going to be a scene tonight. Yeah. This is going to be one of the best environments that Thursday night football will see. And if they get a dub over this Lions team being the underdogs, that Jordan Love welcome ceremony yeah. is going to continue from the fourth quarter of last week all the way through. This this could be a huge night for Jordan Love, Time,
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, it it this all depends on Aaron Jones because they said he's kind of going to be on a pitch count a little bit. They want to be smart with him because they realize, like, hey, for the rest of the season here, like, we need this guy. We can't go a four- to five-game stretch where he's not available. So if he – if he can actually play and get you know 20 to 25 touches and Jordan Love can do what he's been doing thus far, not turning the ball over, I think that's what it'll come down to. If the Packers can force a couple turnovers and they can play a clean game on not offense. Not easy against
0: the Lions, by Definitely way. not easy. Right. Yeah, not easy against the Lions. And right, the,
3: thing that, the thing that worries me the most is we saw how much trouble um, Bijan Robinson gave the, the Packers' defense uh, two mm. weeks ago. Jameer Gibbs kinda in that same mold. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean that it, it starts and ends there. Like they, they need to be able to stop the run. They haven't been great at it this year, much better last week, but we'll see. If they play a clean game, I think it'll be close and they'll have an opportunity to win.
0: It'll be loud. Joining us now is a man who uh has one, two Super Bowls. Ooh. He's been a general manager in the NFL. He's been a coaching assistant in the NFL. He's been a consultant in the NFL. Right. He has a daily newsletter that he writes. Mm-hmm. He has a live show called The Lombardi Line. He has a podcast called The GM Shuffle. He yeah. is an author of a book. Shout out here, Football Done Right, yep. and others. New York Times bestseller. The man works all the time. Paisano, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi.
7: Yeah! yeah. Hello. Hello. How, we doing? how are
0: you guys doing? Hey. How things? Hey, life is good. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk about tonight's game a little bit, how you're yeah. feeling. Uh Bakhtiari at elton jenkins at christian watson the wide receiver for the packers in aaron jones in on a pitch count potentially how does that affect things and how do you see tonight going is the lions are favored for the first time in 37 years in lambeau against qb1
7: well look the lions last year won both games but the packers defense held them to 34 points in both games and we know the Packers turned the ball over down in the red zone in the first game in Detroit. The second game was at the end of the year. And, you know, they just couldn't get it going offensively. There was so many issues. But this year, the Packers' offense, you know, even though it hasn't looked as smooth as you might think it is, when you break them down, they're fourth in points points per play. They move the football. Jordan Love is what, you know, it's, it's a little bit of... You can't measure it by percentage of completion. The guy has made some incredible good throws, like he made the Dobbs last week on the sideline against the Saints, and he led his team back. There's a sense of belief, I think, in Jordan Love and his ability and this Packer defense, where their liability is in the run game, right? When they play Atlanta, that's always going to be the trouble. How do they handle the outside, inside zone? And that's going to be what Detroit has to do. But I do think with Jones back more in the passing game, Pat, I think that's a huge help. Look, one thing about Detroit, you're not going to run the ball in Detroit. I mean, Atlanta tried to run the ball in Detroit last week. That's not going to work. Detroit's front's better. It's their secondary that's not as good, and you've got to attack that. So I I think this will be a great game. I think Al Michaels' tie will be impeccable, and I think it'll come down to a field goal. Hey, last week his double Windsor was gorgeous. gorgeous. You're not going to beat him. You're just not going to beat him. I mean, just just go on to another Uh, guy. I don't want to. Go on to another tie.
0: I don't want to, like, pivot away from the NFL a little bit because I would like to expand upon your, hey, Jordan Love's going to have to throw it, even though he's – lost the left side of his offensive line won't be playing yeah especially against that front i guess they're just gonna have to scheme that ball to be coming out a little bit quicker mm-hmm. especially with aaron jones in there you see bruce springsteen cancel the rest of his you see that
7: yeah Oh no. did i was a little worried about that i am i am worried about it because I had, I had tickets to go to a show and he canceled oh so, no yeah it's not good not good i don't like it but you know hopefully he'll bounce back he was at a freehold diner yes two days ago Having lunch or breakfast, I you know didn't get the notice soon enough. But anyway, we'll get it back. He'll he'll be back. Hey, boss, we we're pulling for you, boss. I love hey you, boss. boss. Yeah, we are. Also, him right. Also, what is? How old is he? How old is he? 74, just celebrated 74. You know, here in the great state of New Five Jersey, shows a that's week. a holiday.
0: This guy's doing like that's what three holiday. he's doing like three, four shows a week at the age of seventy. Hey, take a nap, yeah. boss. We Hang appreciate on. you though. We appreciate the hell out of you. Thanks. We do, we appreciate it. All right, let's get to some more NFL conversations that are taking place. Yeah. Anytime your team gives up 70 points, there's obviously going to be a lot of questions about what you got going on. Oh boy. What do you think the combo is in Denver right now with Sean, with George Patton, with ownership and everything about how we write this ship? Because that was getting that was getting exposed quickly yeah and i'm not saying this is russell wilson's fault which i think some people were automatically pointing at russell because obviously anytime you give up 70 quarterback isn't going to be the one stopping all the points from getting in the end zone but what's going on over there and how do they find it and are you worried about the broncos this season under sean payton Uh,
7: i I am worried because when you watch that tape you worry even further i mean the holes were enormous they missed more. I mean, you can blame you can blame Russell all you want. He didn't miss a tackle, but the defense missed a zillion tackles. It might be one of the worst tapes I've ever seen in my life in terms of a defensive tape with the lack of effort, the lack of intensity, the the lack of coordination. And I'm not trying to blame Vance Joseph because it looked like there was just mass confusion out of there and the talent level of where they need to be. And this week they're missing a bunch of the uh, they're missing some starters. They missed Justin Simmons last week. It was a bad one. I mean, this is going to require all of Sean's leadership ability to kind of unify the team because when you're watching that tape, you don't see a buy in. You don't see the players kind of all in this together. And this is either going to turn one way or turn the other way. And he's got to rewrite the ship. It's a game you can't forget about. This isn't on to Cincinnati, like, okay, we're on to Cincinnati. No, no. You got to spend time on this and you got to make decisions and you got to move forward. Based on what you learned from this tape, because I, I, you were never going to see a seventy to twenty whipping like we saw, and and it could have been worse. Oh yeah, it could have been worse. And the effort on tackles was so bad; like there wasn't an effort. You know, it's it's like they were all on, on. They were still on South Beach. It was like, come on, guys, we're playing here, and that's going to have to be something to get corrected. And I don't think you just assume that quickly. You know, the Bears got embarrassed too. So these are two teams that are embarrassed playing against one another. And they got to get it. Sh- they got to get the ship right.
0: Yeah, and you know the flies on the ship obviously are a problem. But the Miami <laughs> flu is a real deal. You know, mm-hmm. second floor yeah. Tootsie's getting shoulder rubs. Can potentially linger <laughs> into a Sunday game. certain Certane, <laughs> who's like in everybody's top three corners in the league. Mike White bombing on him. I mean, yeah. it was just like yeah. it was bananas. See, See, hopefully, they're able to get that thing tightened up.
7: I-, I hate that, Pat. I hate when you put your best corner on their best receiver. Like, put double, the, like, you're not covering. Nobody's covering Tyreek Hill. No one's covering Tyreek Hill. He had an angle. The first touchdown I'm of the joking. game, there's an angle on him by the safety, a professional athlete, a safety. And, and he ran, and he outran it. It was like not even close. It was like, here's the play. With Great the deuces. Here. Here's Lombard. the play. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. He's wide open. Now, this guy's got an angle on him. And if it's two hand touch, he doesn't even get him. <laughs> yeah. And then- I mean, Literally, if it's it's two-hand touch, it's still a touchdown. So, like, you got to be able to handle this. And and that was a great clip to show because one thing that no one notices on this Miami offense is circle around the quarterback. There's nobody in front of him. There's nobody near his feet. He's got a – it's like a seven-on-seven game. And what McDaniels has done with the offense is by running that outside zone so horizontally, he stretches the defense horizontally which allows the pocket to open. And he has these huge windows to throw. See it here? Look at this window to throw the ball in. Look at it. You got got basically three players outside the hash marks. Mm -hmm. Outside the hash marks. And now you're throwing the ball to the most valuable player in the National Football League. With nobody around him. Because nobody. With nobody around him. Yeah, and I guess. Oh, there's my man, Chuck. Yeah, Yeah, I love like, Chuck. No, Chuck, that was embarrassing. That was watch. I mean, I started a list. I've started a list on how many guys wouldn't be going home on planes if we were with Al <laughs> on that trip there.
0: That would be amazing. Can you imagine. Yeah. yeah. Now, the whole thought, though, of getting exposed like that on, <laughs> you know, on oh, yeah. Sunday and it only being week three, <sighs> you know, and it's like your brand new culture, there's going to be a lot of questions kind of going forward if they're not able to, if they lose to the Bears. Oh, oh man. my God. Oh,
9: boy. Oh, Could you boy.
0: fathom? It's
7: going to get loud no, out there in a mile high. It's loud, going loud. to be, yeah. It, it, there's going to be a lot of lot of excitement. I'll tell you the next one that's coming. You want to know the next storm that's coming? Hell yeah. Is, this is Robert the Sala at the Jets, okay? Hold uh, on. Hold on, if, Lumba, Let
0: me Let me frame it this way then, because I was going to ask about them next after what you said about Tua. So Tua last year gets multiple concussions, affects the entire team. When two is on the field, they're incredible. When he's not on the field, they're not that great. It seems like they've tried to put an effort into that offensive line in how we protect them. McDaniel went to work, setting up leverage. Let's go ahead and keep Tua protected. On the yeah. flip side, all anybody has chatted about since Aaron Rodgers has got to the New York Jets was like the offensive line stinks. That's pretty much what Hard Knocks was. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much what all Hard Knocks was. And then yep. it became the entire conversation. Then you trade for Bakhtiari they were saying at yeah. one point. Is that team still doomed by that entire thing? Is Zach Wilson – what is the deal yeah. with the New York Jets, and are they just punting this year, you think, until they get Aaron back next year?
7: No, I, I don't think they want to punt because I think if this keeps going down the road, there'll be changes. So, but you make a great point here, okay? What McDaniels did was he knows that he needs to keep Tua healthy. He knows he needs to keep the pocket clean. And so by running – he averaged 22 runs last year a, C, a game. This year he's up to 31, and that outside zone keeps the pocket tight. So here's where I'm going with this. So if they're going to – they're going to play Trevor Simeon because we've all seen enough that Zach Wilson isn't good enough to play. Oh, when? When, Lambo? uh, They're going to have to put Simeon in the game. When? When soon, you're saying? Like this week? I I would say I take the second quarter. You know, wow. <laughs> I would, that, that shift could happen because we'd be too busy looking at Taylor Swift that we missed the shift in <laughs> quarterback. But that might happen. Right. That could happen. But let's just say it does. Let's say it doesn't happen this week. It happens next week. You're never going back to Zach Wilson again, Pat. You're never going back. Once he removes Zach Wilson from the starting lineup, that's the end of his career as a Jet. I'm just telling you, because as a team and Chuck can verify this, there's no way. Once you bench him, you could put him back in. Because then the team's just going to say, we're lost. We're done. It's over. It
0: happened last year. Yeah. Remember, it happened yeah. last year with Flacco and Stravolski. Mike White. So Mike White. They made shirts. It- the teammates made shirts. Well, Mike White shirts they were wearing in front of this guy's face. I mean, it's, it's wild, this whole
7: Zach Wilson. Once point. you make that move, and here's where it comes to your point, that offensive line, if they go to Simeon, he's going to have to really be tough and strong to not get hurt. Because he's going to get hit. Don't and so my point was, <laughs> it's one thing to sign Trevor Simeon, right? You better sign two of them because when, <laughs> if Simeon, who's not a big man, he's not a big man. If he gets hit and gets hurt, you can't go back to Wilson. So you're now, you who are you going to play? Boyle. John. you going to put him in there? Could you imagine trotting
0: Simeon out there? Okay, the New York Jets fans, by the way. they will go nuts. Yeah, you got Fireman Ed. Literally, give me my hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh! As soon as Simeon's going out there, they are all excited. Just like they were last year. Yeah. yeah. When Mike White goes out there, the place goes crazy. Zach Wilson goes out there, they're actually booing. Whenever Strafolski, Stravler, CFL legend goes on the field, they didn't even know this guy existed. They, The fans had no clue that this guy was on their team. It's a primetime game. He is now their quarterback. As soon as they here somebody's in at quarterback that wasn't Zach Wilson. Okay. Let's go. we love this guy. Imagine Simeon Wait. going out there and then just like three plays, two plays, <laughs> Getting and then Zach having uh We already watched that. They're still finishing the Jets yeah. chant for the other guy in Zach. So. We're back. Do it again. <laughs> what a scene. That already I-
9: happened to Simeon on Monday night as a Jet, I think. Well, I we think. hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. We hope everybody yeah, remains great. safe.
7: But that is like I, – I I'm not hoping anybody gets hurt. I'm just saying, as a general manager, you got to prepare for that because there's no way you're going back to Zach. So, like, that conversation in, in, at Florin Park is, look, once you make this move, Robert, you understand that there's no going back to the kid. We're just going to basically put him out over here in the pasture, put him over here as Al Davis mm-hmm. would call Elba because Elba's where they sent Napoleon after, the, after he lost. He, he would threaten to send you to Elba all the time. Well, oh, I'm going to send you to Elba, young man. And he would put you over here. That's where he, Zach Wilson's going to go once he takes him out, because he's never coming back to play for the Jets. Jeez. So you better have two. You better have two players that you can play.
0: Joe Namath would be pumped, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Robert yeah. Sala came out and had to answer for not only what Aaron said on this particular program, but also what Joe Namath said on the Michael K. show. So anytime you're answering about statements that are being yeah, made, yeah. Mm. it is not good. He said his door is always open for Joe. And I think Joe, after, if this move was to be made, and once again, maybe this is the week that Zach, you know, like know. time against the Chiefs. Taylor Swift's in the building. Exactly. Oh, yeah. His mom's going to be super pumped probably yeah, there as well. Nervous. I think Aaron's going to be there maybe rolling around on okay. his little Achilles no thing. Chance.
7: For, no. no chance. No chance. No, no. But five <laughs> years from now where there's going to be a documentary on Netflix about how Zach Wilson – it's going to be like the Johnny Manzo one. He really wasn't interested. Like he doesn't come across as wanting to play, Pat. You can't make it up. The players on the sideline, they see it. What we're seeing in New York is an absence of leadership because everybody sees it except the head coach is defending them. And that hurts the head coach's credibility. Yeah. Don't don't misjudge this now. The head coach stands in front of the team and says, I support Zach Wilson, but I'm holding you accountable for blocking. Well, you're not holding him accountable for making good calls. It's a contradiction, and as a leader, you can't have that. Yeah, it's tough. You've got to be
0: honest. Yeah, but he also has to get – I mean, like he also has to have his guys. I mean, that is – Brutal. Coach Sala had no idea, I think, what cool. he was signing up for yeah. whenever he said no. – maybe. You remember how much fun he was having as defense coordinator for San Francisco 49ers? Oh, yeah. That play sheet, they actually had to attach it like it was a jet ski thing uh-huh. because he used to get so jacked yeah. up that that thing would be flying around. Now he's like – yeah, Broadway Joe, I heard yep, heard what he said. Rex Ryan, yeah, heard what he said. Aaron, our quarterback, yeah, yep. heard what he right said, it. yeah. I love our quarterback. I think he's really good. And in the back of his head, he's like, did anybody watch Hard Knocks whenever I literally said, I never had a quarterback anywhere near as good as Aaron Rodgers. Like, he, he put down Zach in that statement. But now he has to kind of put up the front to the, all the boys that he supports him. Tough scenes, tough scenes. Everything was supposed to be Aaron. Oh yeah! (laughs) It was literally the entire storyline, and then that ends after the fourth play. Unfortunately, what a story for Jets fans to continue the tale that they've been cursed by the football gods forever. Now, speaking of a team that's maybe been cursed by the football gods, Chuck has a question for you, Lambo.
4: Speaking of uh, exposed, Lambo, what Arizona did to Dallas. And what they did, yeah. particular to the Dallas Cowboys defense, did they put a blueprint, in your opinion, out there for oh, yeah. for everybody else? And you know, because everybody always talked about, hey, you got to run it, Micah Parsons run at him, run. Well, they did to the tune of I think 222 yards rushing, Woo! and got got after very damn good. So,
7: what do you, what do you think, Seven yards a carry, and the tape didn't lie. Chuck, the tape wasn't a fluke. I mean, they beat him up. They they blocked them. They blocked them. They owned it. I mean, look. It, as much as I was down on the Cardinals this summer, they could easily make a case for being three and zero. They let a game slip away with New York in the second half, and they had Washington. The problem is they're a fifty minute team. I think they've scored eighteen points in in the second half, and they haven't been able to really get going. They, they can't adjust it out. But they, when you watch that tape against Dallas, they moved the football effectively. They were they blocked them up front effectively, and Dobbs made some throws that were easy throws to make, and he made every one. Decision-wise, they did a great job. I, I would be, after watching that tape, when I finished that tape, I'm like, everybody has Dallas as the number one defense in the National Football League. I'm not so sure about that when you watch that tape.
0: Uh, yeah, we all saw Whoa. it. Yeah, we, all, we, all, we all saw it. We all felt the same thing. Niners, what they did against the Giants, they're in a conversation. Cleveland Browns defense yep. right now with Schwartz is no ridiculous. But let's stay with the Cardinals real quick because nobody's really talking about them. They have outperformed everybody's expectations yeah. and thoughts. Josh Dobbs—it's his seventh year, I think. Seventh year—that's his first yeah. ever win as a starter. The guy's an actual rocket scientist. It's like there's no chance, or is it? Can Dobbs win this? No. Can Dobbs win this team? Can he? Can this be Dobbs' team, or is that not
7: possible? Yeah, I think it already is. I think it already is. I think he's kind of developed the leadership for the team. They believe in him, and he's smart. He's prepared you can see a whole different attitude. Their culture's changed. You can see it right before your eyes. I mean, look, they're not gonna be able to win a lot of games, but they're gonna give you, they're a, they're a problem. They're gonna make it hard for you. And if you think you're walking in there to play, you know, and have the lead 14 to nothing after the first quarter, that's not gonna be the case. And they play hard. How do they balance they, the Kyler
0: situation though then? How's the Kyler situation happen, you know? Cause Kyler, well, good me, teammate by the way, uh, saw yeah. Kyler
7: clapping, oh, yeah. Yeah. pumped up for That'd the whole thing. Sweet fit, but that's yeah. a real scene. I mean, i think you got to ask yourself the question do you want to pay 58 and 92 million over the next two years guaranteed i think that's the question that that's really what it comes down to and if you put him back out there on the field and he gets hurt you're you, you basically that decision has been made for you so it's something you got to think about look it, it you also got to think about Can is is any of these guys in the draft better than kyler well i like, think they're saying everybody Anybody in this draft better than like? That's why you have to grade players in any scouting. You got to grade the players. You grade the player. This guy, I got this guy graded sixty nine, but this kid coming out, I think he could be an eight zero. So, so now wait a minute, we got to make a decision here.
0: So you just said no to Dobbs? It sounded like well. yep. just, mm-hmm. you, Dobbs not not the guy. You don't think Dobbs could become the No? I, I,
7: yeah, I would say that to me. I think Dobbs is great for what they're doing, and he's secured himself a, a job in the National Football League as a backup. He gonna play for a while in that role. Now, if he keeps getting better, maybe he could become a starter. Look, there's not enough starting quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, imagine if Dobbs were on. Imagine if the Dobbs were on the Jets, there would be life in New York. Oh my God, it wow. really
0: would be. Yeah. It'd yeah. be a whole different story, I guess. Now you just got uh, KFC, obviously uh, mm-hmm. diehard Jets fan, just telling a story of, oh great, we're back at the point where we're going to games to see if Taylor Swift's there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not yep. not for it because of our team, but hey. Aaron's coming back? Hey, Aaron's coming back? Eventually. Maybe they'll fix up that offensive line. Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Alamo, you're probably the
2: only one, I would say, that talks into a microphone on a weekly basis that can actually talk about Bill Belichick with firsthand experience and know what he likes and doesn't like. So this is directly and I think only for you. When it comes to Mac Jones, uh, obviously he's played better, but when it comes to the bullshit twisting ankles like with Brian Burns, allegedly there was a cup check. On Sauce Gardner, yeah, well, that there's Ma- video. There's video that yeah, Mac Jones might have backhanded Sauce Gardner's, or you know, backhanded. kit and caboodle. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of players have now come out and talked about how yeah, he's just a dirty player, and that is who he is. What does Bill think about that type of stuff? And when they go to the film room and they're watching that back, is Bill telling Mac like, hey, we can't have this in the game, or how does that work when it comes to breaking it down?
7: Well, I think he has great respect for the integrity of the game and the game right uh, like the players in the game and the opponent and so you know that stuff not going to get tolerated like there's no need for that like we don't need to do that like there's no need to do that oh so mac there's doesn't no listen to, to bill mac doesn't listen to bill wow well that you're 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 jumping one to one i, I, I <laughs> expect that that he did that you know you're leading the witness here pat you know the problem with mac is mac is oh you know when you look at the situation as he's played in you know mac the bigger issue is Mac's gotta play better. Right? Mac is 0-10 against the spread in his last ten starts as an underdog. I mean, that that's a fact. I mean, that's what, he's gotta play better in these games. This is a big game for Mac because if they can protect, they can move the ball on Dallas and their defense will be in the game. Their defense is good. Their defense will keep you in any game. So mm-hmm. but there's no place for that in any part of the game. Like there's really no place for cheap shots. There's no place for that. Like you know we know what goes on in the bottom of those 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 tussles to get the ball i get that right i get that and mac got hit by the other guy and all that but there's no need to do that like don't take it any further and i think as a coach you have to coach that
0: uh, I think Mac Jones just has. Uh, oh, I got to do it. Yeah. Right? like I oh, think yeah. he just—that's just, that's just a part of probably who he's been for his entire life. I assume when he's a kid, little youth. Oh my God, oh, yeah. the amount of things real that red. he was doing. Oh, so much pulling leg hair. Yeah. Probably just all the little stuff that you could potentially do. But in the NFL, yeah, a little bro- hey, karma's real. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about it. football gods are a real thing. Yeah. Like, that's normally why people don't like to do that type of stuff. But there's been offensive linemen that have been known for yeah. this type of stuff. Corners have been no- known for this type of stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, this guy's a dirty player. Yeah. That's just who he – hey, we're playing a dirty player. Mm-hmm. That's who this guy is. Never a quarterback, though, you know, because no. it feels like quarterback no. normally exposed the most. So he could potentially get it, uh, comeuppance, which I assume will come at some point. But he's – Bill O'Brien's the right answer, right? Bill O'Brien's the right answer to make him better?
7: They they look better and he's played better. I mean, the the, the two throws, Connor, I don't know. I was screaming at the TV, but the third and three throw that he threw down the field that when we got to get the first down to put the game away, brutal. And then the other one on third and and six that he throws over to their bench, you know, you got to make those throws. See, that's the difference between what separates quarterbacks, right? It's the most when the pressure's on, we need a first down or we need to get a first down. You got to make a tight window throw through the keyhole that's really what it comes down to the last 5 minutes who plays the best at the quarterback position and that's why guys that 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 lead their team to super bowls can do that you know yeah, remember the Mahomes. game you played india you played against baltimore uh, i think you were on the t- i mean they they got uh you know dallas clark it's thir- it's third and 4 ray lewis and Peyton put the ball in a window that was as small as could be and you say, Okay, that's right. That's why he's the it's why he's one of the greats. Oh,
0: there's the guy. Yeah. Tom, obviously, Aaron, all the greats have those type of moments. Yep. Mac Jones were waiting on it, I guess, to be in the big spot to get to do it. And then you think about what's kinda lingered since then. Jimmy G with that throw. Yeah. In yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Still talked about. Oh yeah. For sure. still talked about to this day. You know, if Jimmy makes that, San Francisco 49ers probably Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. He's yep. probably getting a 10-year contract. Instead, Kyle Shanahan saw that and was like, never going to win one well of this guy. Yep. He, uh, let's yep. draft, let's kind of move on. He, at Oak, or Las Vegas, okay, so let's stay in this vein of you knowing people well yeah. from New England. McDaniels, uh, out there at the Raiders, he's dealing, they're without Chandler Jones, who's one of the greatest pass. Yeah,
7: unfortunately.
0: Rushers, yeah. like, yeah in history. I don't want to get too yeah. dramatic and be hot take guy, but I think if you look at his stats and look at what he's been able to accomplish, I think people say, this is one of the greatest pass rushers in the history of the game. Still has it. Still in his prime. Had double-digit sacks last year and threw a quarterback's head through the dirt while securing a win with a pick six kind of thing against the Patriots Um, last year. He's no longer with the team. This morning, he was live on X, and it just so happened to be at the exact same time we were all working out, so we watched. He's been away from the team. Nobody's really talked about it. We He said some, like, very terrible things about Josh McDaniels. Now, Josh McDaniels still has to step in front of an entire team that probably heard all of those things who like and know Chandler Jones and give his message. How is Josh handling that? How would you tell Josh to handle that if you were the general manager over there? And how does the organization get this thing right with Chandler? Is that even possible at this point?
7: I I don't even know if it's possible. He said a a lot of bad things about Mark Davis, the owner, too. So I I think what you got to do is you got to address it. You got to address it. You can't ignore it. Look, I, I think it's a cry for help from Chandler. Now, he claims he's not hurt. He claims everything's fine, that it's under against his will. This is not the kid that I know that helped helped put a Super Bowl ring on my finger in in 2014, the way he played. So this, to me, seems outside the norm. Although in 15, he had one of these instances is one of the reasons, uh, I don't know if you remember, but then he got traded to the Cardinals. So there, there might be something going on here. And I think for Josh, you've got to address it. Like, you can't ignore it. Like you've got to address it with the team and you've got to rally. I mean, you saw it in New England with those t-shirts. There's no one coming to save us, Mm -hmm. right? You got to address all the problems because if you think they're not going to, then, then they linger, then they go forward. And you got to build a sense of belonging with your team and you've got to get them. And I'm not saying it's me against Chandler or Chandler against the owner. I think you gotta address the issues because I think the players know what's going on. You guys know, you've been in the locker room, you know. It's different than what the media reports, you know. And so you have to understand that. And I think you gotta head it, you gotta take it straight on. And that's where you have to have leadership. That's where Robert Sala's gotta take it on. Okay, guys, I'm doing this because of the quarterback. You got to explain it. That builds trust as your leadership in terms of the players. You can't just assume it's gonna. Okay, well, we'll we'll cover this later. No, no, no. It's not no chance.
0: Hey, Chandler, we miss you in the NFL, buddy. Yeah. You need to hear that. We These miss guys. watching you do your thing. You're one of the greatest yeah. of all time, brother. You're not able to do that right now. We hope you get to a point to be able to do that. Hope that message hits home because we do miss – and the Raiders certainly miss them as well, although it feels like yep. that's probably never going to be a thing either. Ty has a question for you. Lambo, when you look at the Chargers
3: on Sunday, you know, they kind of snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, even though Herbert, you know, throws for 40 completions, over 400 yards, and then – After the game, you look on social media and online and everyone's talking, it's the same thing. like No one really cares that the Chargers won because people are kind of at the end of their wits with Staley and just you know going for it on fourth down, relying on the analytics, all that kind of stuff. Do you think that win in Minnesota will kind of spur them moving forward? Or do you think Staley's just the kind of guy who can't get out of his own way and we're going to be talking about the same stuff with him week after week?
7: Yeah, I think we're going to be talking about the same stuff after week. Now, see, to me... The, the, the going for it on fourth down, uh, it, to me, it, it he talks out of both sides of his mouth on analytics, right? So here he is. He's got seven incomplete passes in the game. The Minnesota Vikings defenders only touched the ball three times. The defensive backs only put their hands on the ball three times. So, Ed, before the call run... They had carried the ball 14 times for 30 yards. So when they post those numbers up there, you know, some guy on Twitter says, if they go for it, it's 88% and they get it, they win 88%. If they don't go for it, it's 82 It's incomplete. It's an incomplete thing because if they go for it and run it, they can't run the ball. But if they go for it and pass, it might go up to 95%. So, like, how do you say I stand behind the analytics when you don't apply the analytics to the game Fies situation on. that you're watching? Analytics are on every side of every argument
0: of all time. They, I've, it's they, some, they it's have amazing. Paper last.
7: It's amazing. Right. If you pass it there, you've got a pretty high chance you're going to get a completed pass and get more than a yard. The clock's going to stop anyway, so it's insignificant. So this is what I have a problem with Staley. He hides behind the analytics and say this, but then he behaves in a play call that is non-analytical because why would you call a run when you're averaging less than two yards a run? Why would you do that?
0: That's yeah, a 13% difference, too, if it's 82 to 95, you know, especially with the throw in there. So are we really taking the analytics to the next level or just the basic level of yeah. what's higher, what's like, lower? A lot of his decisions, though, he says are for his team. You know, so he wants his team to know that he believes in them and defense to know he believes in them. So we, talk, we talked about this a few times this week, but I think Chargers fans are at the point, too, where they're yeah. like, this was cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This no, was cute at, at one point. Nobody
7: believes it. Nobody, okay. be- nobody, nobody on that sideline believed in it. Look at the effort on the play. They couldn't even get it back to the line of scrimmage, and they hand the ball off to Kelly as a fullback spot. Look, I, I, what people don't realize is, is Kirk Cousins has been remarkable. I mean, he's got better numbers than Tua does in terms of yards. Now, they've turned the ball over six times inside the 10-yard line. That's what's killing them. They have seven fumbles as a football team, Minnesota, as a team. Minnesota. If Minnesota wins that game, we would be have. That's why, as a coach and as an executive, you've got to watch the game as if you don't know the score. Because that's the only way you make good decisions. And if you watch that tape, you know really what happened. They got fortunate.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting, this whole Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, because when you look at him, and we he was on our show, he's very nice to us. The Chargers have been very nice to us, so we appreciate him. So I don't love saying this. But you just look at him and look away at you, you go, can he win a Super Bowl? You know, mm. like that, because that's everybody's goal, especially whenever you pay Herbert the amount of money yeah. that you just paid Herbert. You know, like almost, that's, yeah. And they pay everybody. Like, yeah. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you think he can win a Super Bowl? I guess we'll find out, but a lot of decisions are making. It's
7: like... Well, look, oh, let's go to feel... the opening game. I mean, they got, the, they got the ball with a minute 46 to go. They got timeouts, and they can't move the on. My, they, they could beat my, Miami for all the talk about Miami, and I think Miami's great. But Miami could be 2-1 if, if they just execute a two-minute drive. And, and Herbert throws the ball, an intentional grounding call that kills him. Then they give up a sack. They start to the drive out. So there's a lot of details that you watch when you watch this Charger team play that that don't seem to get covered. And they hide behind the analytics. Well, the analytics says we should do this. Well, I mean, they're one and two, and Herbert hasn't even thrown an interception yet. It's
0: unbelievable. And yeah. if you, if Herbert doesn't ever win one, all anybody's going to say is... Well, the people that are running the entire thing, and I think that's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of that going, is this the right setup for the talent that they have on the team, especially at the quarterback position? We shall see. Still early. Still early oh, yeah. in the season. Yep. And there's always the, you know, I don't want to be a results-oriented person because any fake, if it would work, genius. Yeah. Any go for it, if yeah. it works, genius. If it doesn't work, dumbest dude of all time. Feels like he has a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of those stacking up at some point. If he
7: would have thrown it, I wouldn't have complained. I really wouldn't have. I thought it was a dumb decision, but if he throws it, I wouldn't have complained. But to me, analytics is applied to the game situation, not a 1,000 games. Because if you can't block the right tackle or if you can't block the end, what good is doing what you want to do? Well, the analytics Nobody. (laughs) that. Nobody completes the sentence And the analytics. They're like the Wizard of Oz. They hide behind a curtain and say, well, we should go for it. Like, okay, what play do you want to run? <laughs> like people that say, you know, people that say, well, you should do this with Zach. Oh, what play do you want to call? Like, tell me a play to call here. Isn't, it players, call? isn't
4: it players, not plays, right? So if you're going to yeah. do that, just put big people yeah. in there. Run fullback in the flat. We can't. We never stopped it. You can never stop. Uh, oh, for two million. <laughs> or do yeah, the touch. play action. Put the fullback in the flat. The, the, and then the he Joe can run Henry if it's special. not there. You just run to sprint, sprint right option. Yeah, but the analytics call. Right, how many the,
7: times a hey, hey, how many times has Andy Reid called sprint right option? And you know it's coming, and you know it's can't coming. stop
4: it.
0: Yeah. Well, my thing is. I'd like to see Justin Herbert have success. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. absolutely. So whatever we need to do to do that, Mm -hmm. let's do that. If it's going for it in the fourth quarter in your own end, up, uh, you know, and choosing to do the wrong thing, let's not do that anymore. But that has been the problem. Things have happened, and Staley hasn't learned from them. You know what I mean? Like, how about he does his own analytics on his own? Like, our team, Mm -hmm. whenever we go for it on fourth – we seem to be doing this at this rate, this at this rate. Last question here for
9: you from Tone Diggs. Yeah, Lumbo, we kind of talked about the, the Browns defense a little bit earlier, but Roquan Smith came out and said that they're going to go to Cleveland and beat their asses in front of their wives and kids. Um, I wanted to know what you thought about the Browns and Ravens game. I find it very interesting. And what's the Ravens offense looked like uh, with Monken uh, now coming in this year? Well,
7: I mean, unfortunately, last week, you know, they played without a left tackle. I mean, the, the Colts embarrassed their left tackle. This week, they think <laughs> Ronnie Stanley will play and Lindstrom uh, and Linderman Baum will play, too. So they need him back. Right. And I think when you watch this Browns defense, it's they do a great job of moving Garrett around. Look, Lamar as a dog is a pretty good thing. I mean, you still got to stop Lamar. It looks good on paper, but you got to handle him. And this Raven team in the secondary, the last, the best game that Deshaun Watson played last year as a Cleveland Brown was the game against Baltimore. It wasn't great by any means, threw for 161 yards, but it was his best game. I, I, I think that these are the kind of games that go back and forth. I, I think it's a field goal game all the way around. It's tough to predict, but this Cleveland defense is for real. And Deshaun's going to have to play. As good as he did last week if not better
0: okay let's go into the weekend on your picks just a quick one i know you got to go here
7: yeah i love the giants this week Ooh. i think it's a pick them game yeah i like the giants this week oh it's one and a half here so i i still like the giants i think they're a good play the team you know i like minnesota at 4-2 pat i think minnesota is much better than carolina carolina's beat up in the secondary I think Minnesota's going to take advantage of it. They're, they're ready to explode. I like those two games the best.
0: Okay. We appreciate that. How did you do last weekend? Did Thanks, we guys. How did you do? Well, I was
7: 0 nope. for 2, but I, I, I was 0 for 2 last week. The Packer game, you could have got the Packers in the point and a half at the end, but on, when you oh, got okay. it, on the on there it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. you yeah.
9: You done taking the Broncos, Lava?
7: Yeah, you're out on them, huh? Uh, I am done with the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you could talk me into the Broncos this week. I mean,. I thought for sure they would run the football but no and I don't want to touch like I really like Miami I really like Miami I just don't want to touch that game that game's going to go back and forth
0: Plus three, right? I mean, oh, yeah. uh, dolphins are getting yeah. three. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you. Michael Thanks, Lombardi. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Lombo. Okay, let's talk about a couple of the things that you talked about in there because I know that you have a take. Uh, Zach Wilson, and he said, hey, probably going to get benched in the second quarter, potentially, for Trevor Simeon if things don't go well because it's going to get so loud, not only in the stands, but also on the sideline, potentially. You have a belief that it don't matter, right? Ain't that right, Chuck, after the film you watch?
4: No, Lombo's right. I mean, you you trot Brady out there. If Aaron's healthy – look, Aaron got hit how many times? He played four snaps, right, mm-hmm. to start the season. How many times did he get hit? Three. three so all they ta- – didn't uh, Salah, didn't Bob put the whole offensive line on blast, on hard knock, yep. call them all out, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we all know that's the problem. So to me, you, you just go back. I just watched the first three series of that game last week. He didn't have a chance. They didn't block anybody from New England. Didn't block anybody. He's got no time. He, they, he's got a chance. He's got time on one throw on the third and 10 and throws a beautiful out route. The kid's got NFL arm talent.
0: We know okay? that because the yeah. BYU. Yeah. The okay,
4: so yeah. he's got NFL arm talent, but I don't care who you put out there right now. Behind that offensive line, I'd hate to be Brees Hall. They say, hey, Cook looks like hell. Shit. Walter Payton would look like (laughs) that behind that offensive line. Yeah, it's
0: kind of being disguised in the conversation because um, Salah's taking a lot of heat, and Zach Wilson isn't liked going into this year by the fan base because they assume he's already been a bust, and Lombardi says it don't. This don't matter if it was any of that, and that might be the case because I think Darius watched a bunch of his film and said, hey, he's making the same mistakes in the third quarter that he was making in the first quarter. Like That's the difference between NFL guy and non-NFL guy. But what Chuck's saying is that offensive line is the biggest problem on the team. I mean, we can blame Zach for sure, but it don't matter, and that was the convo going into the season. Yeah,
2: and the Patriots, too, what they did basically was like, okay, we're not going to let Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook run the ball, so we're going to stack this box, and then if Zach Wilson beats us, which he has not proved. That he can do for his entire career, then he beats us. So it's like even with a battle line against a regular front, it's one thing. But when they're stacking the box and putting pressure on him too, then it's just like he has no chance.
0: He, um, I think, I think my favorite thing about it all is the fact that these fans, if Zach gets benched, oh, my God, it's oh, yeah. a Super Bowl. They're gonna yeah. go nuts. That primetime game last year when strevler came on the field, I didn't even know strevler was on the Jets. I assume the Jets fans did because they were buying in. He comes standing ovation. People going nuts. Oh, yeah. And Zach Wilson's just sitting there looking around, just getting booed out of the goddamn. I mean, what a scene over there in New York. Joining us now from Nattington, Ohio, is a man who's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a COVID survivor, the current president of the state of Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. A.J., how you doing, pal?
10: Doing great. Good to see uh, Chuck in studio as well. What's up, Chuck? How you doing, A.J.? Good to see you. Oh, you know. Oh, this is Great, cute. always, uh, Chuck. I appreciate nice. you. That's appreciate really you be You
0: guys. You, you say Tone? say, Tone looks pretty yeah. good today, too, doesn't he? He looks hey, pretty thick. Tone looks
10: amazing, yes. Chuck's only there once a week, so I, I always want to make sure I acknowledge Chuck when he's in studio. All right, my, my turn, my turn. Don't hey, Con. Done.
2: Look great. Shirt
10: looks great. Thank you. You didn't backtrack
0: at all. I get it. Thank you. You saw last night his wing of the plane was potentially turning on him. Oh. <laughs> they, were, they were saying a lot of stuff. Tonight, the Lions playing against the Packers. This is the first time, A.J., in 37 years where the Lions are favored playing in Lambeau against QB1 of the Packers. There's been backups for the Green Bay Packers that have had to play because of injuries. And then the Lions were favored. But this year, good on good. Lions going in. Favored by two. What are your thoughts and expectations for the? this evening on Prime, AJ? Well, I mean, it is...
10: It, this is pretty crazy that the Lions are favorites going into Lambeau primetime night game. Oh, you're it's like
0: disgusted awesome. by it. it, it long, like how it. long did you play? Uh, how no, long did you play for I understand. Like I
10: played 11 years, but I understand. I was nine in Green Bay. I understand why... There is hype around the Lions because Jared Goff is playing well. Their defense is, is flying around like they have a ton of studs. They really do. But I think it's a big deal for them if they can go into Lambeau and get a big win here when they're expected to win. It'd be a
0: huge step for them. This guy won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Obviously, the all-time leading tackler for the yeah. Green Bay Packers. So for him to learn, the Lions are favored coming into our home, huh? Uh, the, uh, did you hear him? He kind of... Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. He, Oh yeah, he was. He was like he's like almost he almost like choked on his own. Yeah. <laughs>
5: What the hell is going on? And around? A.J. played against some good Lions teams, like actually good wow. Lions oh, teams with yeah. Stafford. Oh, no, yeah. that's real. All that's right. real. That's right. real. Yeah, so good. Stafford all this playoff. Calvin all all Johnson. Bush. Right. Okay. 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 Yeah. Reggie Let's B- move away from. <laughs>
0: Rayola. Yeah. All right. Let's move John away Kentna. from tonight's game. Let's chit-chat with the greatest of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an honor these first few weeks to get to have this conversation with this particular man because this season for his team has certainly been one that the people have been chatting about. Oh, yeah. This past weekend, they were gonna be exposed Woo. by Lane Kiffin. They were gonna go in there and lose the old miss, and all of a sudden this season was gonna be dead. Ah, Ah, multiple score win. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest college football coach of all time, seven-time national champion, Nick
6: Saban. How are we doing today?
0: Coach, you were supposed to lose. Your team was going to get exposed and this was going to be the worst year of your life as a head coach at Alabama. That was kind of the chatter going into last week. Did you hear that? And what were your thoughts of the game, Coach?
6: Yeah, I hear everything. (laughs) I hear pretty much everything everybody else hears, but try to stay focused on what's in front of you. And, you know, I think there were a lot of lessons to be learned. in you know, last week's game, first half, we really lost seven to six and shot ourselves in the foot numerous times. And second half we played a lot better and, you know, won like 18 to three. So, uh, I think, you know, you ask players, okay, when it worked, why did it work? And when it didn't work, why didn't it work? So, um, you can learn a lot from that and hopefully improve uh, from that and that's really what our focus is but you know the outside noise doesn't really affect me um i don't you know sometimes they say a lot of good stuff and i don't let that affect me and sometimes they say a lot of bad stuff and i don't let that affect me so try to focus on what's in front of you
0: well i love the fact that you get incredibly uncomfortable when we go like Hey, you're the grace of all time. Dude. <laughs> yep. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, hey, you are. Like, you get so uncomfortable. Whenever I did it on the stage down there at Tuscaloosa, I felt you starting to be like, stop. <laughs> stop doing what you're doing. And I appreciate that. That type of humility is what drives you to your success. And you said you try to keep the outside noise out. This past weekend in college football, the outside noise was the discussion. I don't know if you got a chance to hear about this. Ryan Day called out 86-year-old Lou Holtz immediately after the game because Lou Holtz on our show talking to an impersonator of Lou Holtz at, at this exact time, said that the Ohio State team has been out-toughed by Alabama, in Georgia, in Michigan. And Ryan Day heard that Lou Holtz said that they were out-toughed and they weren't a tough team. And his first thing was, I hope Lou Holtz saw this. It's Ohio versus the world. Then the Washington State coach got mad at Lee Corso, 88 years old, <laughs> for saying that their team, nobody wants to watch us, which wasn't what Coach Corso said. But, like, it feels like coaches – since the beginning of time, have been using outside noise as motivators. You say you try to keep it all outside. Is there ever a moment in time where it's right to bring it in? Because obviously both those teams got big-time wins. But is there a time to utilize outside noise to motivate the team? And how do you go about doing that, Coach?
6: I, I think, ideally, you'd like for everything to be intrinsic. You know, all of us. You know, like our motivation comes within us because of what we want to accomplish and what we want to do. But in the reality of the world, especially with young people today, uh, because everybody kind of grows up, getting a lot of positive self-gratification or negative self-gratification from what somebody else thinks, whether it's Twitter, you know, some Internet device, whatever it is, ESPN, what people say about you. So to ignore the fact that people are affected by external factors, I think, is not smart in this day and age. And I think you do have to use those things sometimes as, A, rat poison when it's good, but B, you know, sometimes as a motivating factor when you're getting dogged a little bit out there for, you know, something that you're not doing correctly.
0: Yeah. And I love the Ryan Day because the state of Ohio, as you know, growing up in West Virginia, like Ohio views themselves as like tough. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we're tough people. Ohio State this is tough. And Lou Holtz was like. Just not a tough team. It's yeah. not and Ryan Day was like, Oh, I hate this guy. It was amazing. Team rally, though. Big time win. AJ has a question for you, Coach. Coach, a,
10: an argument that comes up on this show every once in a while in NFL and college football are halftime adjustments. And I'm just curious. You mentioned teams playing different between the first and second half. Can you explain a little bit maybe what happens at halftime and if adjustments are a huge thing that can kind of spur your team to have a better second half?
6: I think number one is you got to get really good information and have everybody assigned to some sort of detail of what they need to get when the first half is happening. So every play that happened in the first half, you know, we actually have drawn up, um, you know, on a template that we can show the players, and we can say, okay, this is what they're trying to do. This is what we need to adjust to. Same thing on offense. We got a template where, okay, they ran this stunt. They're running this blitz. This is different. What we practice against. This is what we have to do. So the first thing is you got to get good information. Uh, and people have to be disciplined in getting that information throughout the first half, and then you present it to the players. And then if there's something in that that requires an adjustment, like I'll use an example, like how are we playing bunch passes on defense? Well, they're running a pattern that the way we're playing a bunch pass, it's tough. So we got to say, okay, we're going to go play it this way.
1: Mm-hmm. And
6: I think if you have the right information, you can make those kind of adaptations and adjustments at halftime and we always try to put a plan together on offenses okay how do we want to start the second half you know everybody talks about we well, got this 20 play script you know that we're going to start the game with well how about having a script for how you want to start the second half based on the information that you got in the first half and i think all those things can be beneficial to you in terms of the way you go out and start
0: got to have the right people with the eyes though right giving you the right information that's a that's an incredible job
6: that's the number one thing. Yeah. And, you know, hey, you got to train your eyes. You know, people take it for granted that just because you're a coach in a press box, you grew up watching football just like everybody else. How does everybody watch football? They watch the ball. They look at the ball. They watch the quarterback. He throws it. They see him catch it. They watch the ball. They got to see the guy running with the ball, whatever. Well, when you're getting the right information, you, your eyes cannot be on the ball. Your eyes have to be on a specific thing that you're looking at so that you get the right information. And that takes a lot of discipline.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing we've talked about this I don't have because I'll tell you what, I'm like a dog looking at a treat with that ball. I'm just following (laughs) that thing around. You know, they got other stuff happening behind the scenes, I'm sure. That's about halftime conversations. Let's talk about pregame conversations. Ty has a question for you.
3: Yeah, Coach, another big uh, talking point in the college football landscape this week was Dan Lanning before the Oregon-Colorado game and the ESPN cameras in there got him. And a lot of people, you know, were up in arms saying, oh, he's being disrespectful or or this or that, when in reality I think he's just kind of – Trying to motivate his guys and, and knowing exactly what he needs to say to get them ready to play a big game. Do you have any, and, and you don't strike me as like a rah rah guy before the games, but do you have any opinion on when you are, you know, kind of in that intimate situation in the locker room trying to get your guys prepared for a game? And whatever something you may say is picked up by like a a camera or an ESPN camera or CBS or whoever it may be. And then it's leaked out to the the media and the public and it kind of gets a much bigger, um, you know, conversation going around it than maybe you anticipated.
6: Right. Well, you know, first of all, I'm not a big raw, raw guy. I, I try to instill a message on Monday. I try to reinforce that message on Friday when we have a team meeting and then what I say to the team before we go out usually is along those lines. But I also think that there is sacred time. You guys, most of you guys played. Yes, sir. I sacred time that a coach, the players, things that get said in the locker room, whether it's halftime right before the game or whatever. And I know the media wants to have access to all these things because it makes it interesting for the fans. And I appreciate that. And I understand that, but there's still, this sacred time where you should be able to talk to your team and say things to your team to motivate your team that maybe they're not disrespectful about the other, but, but maybe. it's not for else to know, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I understand what Dan think was trying to say and it was probably good for his team to hear in some ways, but it probably wasn't good for everybody else to hear. And, you know, that's always the argument. You know, where does the access, where do you draw the line and say, okay, there's got to be some time when you can talk to your team and say what you have to say, and it's really not for everybody else to hear.
0: We don't know if Dan wanted it out or not. Coach, Dan wanted it out or not. We have not heard from him. There's some people that say, yeah, he wanted that out. That's why he was actually his good side. (laughs) People are saying that that was actually his good side. That's why they put it out there. But my first instinct, as soon as I heard it, I was like, I wish I didn't get a chance to see. Like, that's him talking to his. Is that a conversation between who, media and coach? Like, when's that decision made on if that goes out, especially in this modern world?
6: Well, in the modern world, I think you can use the media to send a message to your team. I don't think you need to do that right before the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's something you do on Monday when you talk to the press or whatever, and you want to get a message out there. Because your team's going to hear that message, so you can reinforce it in a team meeting. But you, you want everybody to be thinking that way, and sometimes you want your fans to think that way, too, so that rat poison doesn't get to them.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm, really, I'm intrigued about the behind the scenes on how that got out, because I don't think Dan wanted that out. I think, but people think Dan wanted it out. doesn't matter because they beat the hell out of Colorado. You know what I mean? And also the things that Colorado was saying in the back made that game even bigger. But I'm very interested how coaches draw inspiration to galvanize an entire team. It's not easy at all. So the the fact that you've done it for so long and are still doing it, bravo. A lot of work, a lot of work.
10: AJ has a question for you, coach. Coach, you mentioned you, you try to give your team a message on Monday and then reinforce it on Friday. How do you come up with these messages? Are they, do, you have, do you plan these in the offseason or just come up like week by week when you see, hey, this is what we need to focus on?
6: Well, I actually use other people to try to stimulate my thoughts as to, you know, what I should or shouldn't say and how I should say it. Um, and I have a sports psychologist, a sports psychiatrist, that I talk to probably two or three times a week. Um, And between us, between the circumstance that you're in, the team that you're playing, um, the outside noise that most people are hearing, including your team, uh, you try to come up with a message that uh, is a positive one to help them move forward. So I don't try to invent all this stuff on my own. Now, but, you know, we had like 14 speakers in fall camp. And a lot of them were inspirational speakers. I sit in the front row every day and I take notes on everything that every guy says. And if there's any bit of that information that I could use down the road to reinforce two players, because they're gonna hear it, but they're not gonna remember it two months from now. You know, I, I, I'm always gathering information. I'm always reading books about, you know, how how, how do you affect human behavior because that's what we're talking about you do you just call it motivation but you're really trying to affect human behavior in a positive way so people can get the most out of their talent and ability i think we talked about this before you know human nature is to survive it's not to win the championship it's to survive it's to do what you have to do to survive and you know you tell a guy if you sell 10 cars, you get to go to a, a trip to Bahamas. When, after he sells 10 cars, he's going home and sit in his chair and eat t- <laughs> Tostitos and drink beer. He, he's not going to so- try to set the record all right, for how many cars you could sell in a month. all right? That's human nature. That's normal. So we're trying to take people from normal human nature to be the best you can be. And we sometimes assume, all of us, that just because someone has talent, they want to be the best that they can be but that's not necessarily the case. So you're always trying to close that gap. I call it capability gap. What are you capable of versus what are you doing? Right? And you're always trying to close that gap. And if you can do that and get everybody to buy into that, then your team starts playing to their potential, and individuals do too. And it creates value for them to do it as well as the team.
0: Anybody that you've not been able to reach that like you kind of got bummed out about or on the flip side, somebody that was maybe tough to reach that you did reach and became a great success story. I assume that's in abundance, but anybody come to the top of your mind in that situation?
6: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to mention any names, but, um, you know, we've had numerous, what I call energy vampires. <laughs> You're taking all your time trying to close this gap and, you never seem to be able to affect it. And um, we always have, you know, four or five guys on your team that are that way. They're very talented guys, but yet they don't seem to be able to get it right uh, the way you'd like for them to or the way that would benefit them. And But we've had a lot of guys, and this happens because we have a lot of help from a psychological standpoint to get guys to turn around and to be able to understand you know, what they have to do to be a good player and they respond to it. And, um, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but we've had quite a few guys. And I think one of the things that have helped us be successful through the years is the ability to get those kind of guys to play well and to be consistent and develop the kind of competitive character that you need to, you know, be a, a consistently good player.
0: Coach, you don't like compliments. Uh, Here comes one right down the pipe. So I I forget what it was. It was a couple years ago. You and I had not met each other yet. I knew a lot about you. You had not known that I existed, but that's because you've been at the top of the world and I was a punter in Indianapolis that had been arrested for public intoxication and wears a tank top. But I, I saw you do a press conference after one of your players got like arrested for something. Okay? And you said, you said, what am I supposed to do? Throw this guy back to the streets? Is that what you want me to do? do you want to, or maybe do you want to give us a chance to teach this human how to be a productive member of society? It was like, I don't know how many coaches would take a stand like that for their player. And as soon as I saw it, I thought to myself, that's the realest mother you know, that I have ever seen in my life. And I think all of us appreciate that in your dedication to making people better. And on the psychology side of this thing, what do you think you learned from Milrow this past weekend, after what happened at UCF, whenever he didn't play, or USF, I'm sorry. Was it USF? USF.
5: Yeah. USF. F-F-F- you had
0: that rain. You had, the, you look so cool in that rain. I, I think I told you that last week. So after USF, you played Buckner and uh, uh, the other guy. Simpson. Simpson. the other guy. And then Milrow becomes the starter the next week. We ask you about it, and you say, Michael Jordan, when he went into the Hall of Fame, brought the coach that benched him, uh, brought his college coach, brought his NBA coach, and that's who he had with him. And you said you were excited to see how Milrow responded. I think he completed like 80% of his passes, yeah. had one interception, obviously can't happen, get a big-time win. What did you learn from him through that entire process, maybe from a psychology standpoint that makes you say, hey, yeah, we got a guy now with Milrow?
6: Yeah, well, let me make a comment about the first thing you talked about. Okay. Is I think that the media and a lot of folks out there think that discipline is punishment. Discipline is doing something to somebody that will change their behavior to help them be more successful. So it's no different than raising kids, right? So you want your kids to do a certain thing, right? Spanking them is not going to get them to do that. But maybe a lesson to be learned that would help them develop and uh, have a chance to be more successful in the future. So... You know, discipline is really not punishment. Discipline is, huh. you know, change you want something to somebody. Maybe you take something away from them that's meaningful to them. That changes their behavior. So they have a better chance to be successful in the future. So I just wanted to make that comment. No, but guys. it was
0: awesome. Hey, when you did that, I think every player that's ever played football, I think AJ was even on his head. Yes. As soon as we saw it, we're like, thank you for like, not just giving up on a guy pretty much completely. He was 18 years old. That was beautiful, coach. You need to know that.
6: Yeah. So, and then Jalen Milrow. You know, I think he learned um, some things. We all learned some things, um, you know, by playing other quarterbacks. We learned what they could do. Uh, we could make a good evaluation of what's the best way for our team to move forward relative to who plays quarterback. And um, Jaden understood that, exactly what we were doing. He responded the right way to it. And it was obvious that he's the best guy for us to be able to move forward as a team. And we have to do things that he can do because he's a great athlete. He's he's a good passer. Um, but we have to do things that he can do in his growth and development so that he can be successful. And that's what I learned about him last week. And one of the things that he had to overcome, and he did in last week's game, is when he threw an interception against Texas, the first one that he threw, you know, it affected him in the game. And when he threw the interception last week against Ole Miss, you know, down in the red zone, um, it didn't affect him in the game. And that's one of the things that we've been trying to sort of instill in him is, you know, you can't be affected. You know, when you play quarterback, you're going to make a lot of good plays and you're going to make some not-so-good plays sometimes, but you always got to play the next play and you got to refocus and you don't have to press. It's almost like, and I've said this before, you know, the quarterback's got to have a point guard sort of mentality. You don't have to score 35 points in a game to be a great point guard. If you get 13 assists, you play good defense, you don't turn the ball over, then you played a good game because you distributed the ball to the right guys and they're able to score, and you don't turn it over. So that that's what we need to do. We don't have to be the shooting guard and be a hero and score 35 points in a game. Don't play defense. You know, take chances that you don't need to be taking, taking bad shots, being a hero because you want to score 35 points in the game. But you don't do anything else to help your team. And everybody else is standing around while you're dribbling the ball around trying to figure out how I'm going to get a shot. All right, so that's a part of the process to me of growing and developing as a quarterback. You distribute the ball to somebody every play. So no different than a point guard in basketball. So the more we can get that accomplished. And guys that are great athletes sometimes think, I got to make the play. I got to make the play. No, you don't have to make the play. You got to distribute the ball so that everybody can make plays, and you're going to have plenty of opportunity to make plays.
0: Okay. Well, I'm happy you learned that. That's an incredible – I love the thought of you going, and everybody else is just looking at you, I need a shot. (laughs) I need a shot. I need to get the damn ball here. little pickup talk there uh, about football this weekend. You're trying to knock Please. out the entire egg? Ball. What's that?
6: Basketball all the time. Some of these guys dribble the ball across half court. I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> the other standing around, all right? And the guy's dribbling trying to get a shot, and they're standing around. So you're not playing any team mm-hmm. ball.
0: You're nope. sick of it. Yeah, let's get the ball around. Yeah. Let's move a little bit. Pass it. I love that that is your theory and what you're teaching to Milroe because I think Milroe has probably been the best athlete on any field he's ever played in any sport since he was a kid. It's like, hey, we need you to do everything. Now it's like, hey, bub, we need you to kind of get rid of that, even though that's a good mentality to have and make the entire team better. Going into Mississippi State this weekend, try and knock off the entire Egg Bowl in back to back weeks. Old Miss now, Mississippi State, a lot of cowbells, coach, going to yep. be loud. Mm-hmm. What's the messaging to the team this weekend?
6: Well, you know, first of all, you know, what I said in the beginning, we have to build on the fact that we have to get better execution on a more consistent basis. And this team is a pressure team. On defense, they're pressuring all the time. They blitz all the time. They've got a lot of different looks. They do a lot of different things. So execution becomes even more important uh, because they're going to try to give you bad plays. you got to minimize that and then you got to take advantage of explosive plays when you get the opportunity to do it. And this team, really, to me, is better than all the teams that we played so far except Texas in terms of the caliber of players, how they play, how tough they are, how physical they play. Uh, We're playing an SEC game on the road and a tough place to play. So this is not anything that requires any kind of a mental letdown. This is a build on the second half of what we did last week and understand why we did it and be able to continue to do it and not get frustrated in this game because of what might happen, because they're going to create some plays, but we can't get frustrated. We got to keep playing the next play. We got to play for 60 minutes and that's what it's going to take in this game because they're a physical team. They're a good team. I mean, South Carolina game, they turned the ball over a couple times down the red zone or that's a different game. So this is a good team
0: you going to have cowbells at practice all week? Is that what, is that what we've been doing?
6: Noise is noise. You know, we can't <laughs> make cowbells, but we can't make noise.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Coach, you're the best. Today was like a gospel on coaching. Yeah. You were the man. Thank you for taking time. Good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, the GOAT, Coach Nick Saban. Yeah, on, go. Coach. Hey, he went on a run there, Chuck, okay? And I know Sweet. you coached for 36 years there. But as he was talking about the capability area, you know, and trying to fill the gap there, the capability gap, it feels like that's a descriptor that I've not heard for a while. But he broke down coaching from his mentality. Is that kind of how everybody views coaching? And the way he worded it there really, I mean, that thing struck home with me. I, was, yeah. I thought I was listening to a preacher preach there about how to coach, Chuck.
4: Yeah, that's why he's the GOAT, right? Yeah. And that's why everybody wants to know, you know, and get a behind the scenes look at at Nick Saban and and how he thinks. But, uh, you know, coming up with the message, AJ's question, like what's your message, that was always like the biggest challenge. You know, developing players, building relationships with players, figuring out, you know, how to coach certain guys could – you can be hard on some guys, and some other guys you can't be hard on. So you got to figure out the guy. You got to build a relationship, and I think Nick does a great job of that. He figures his guy out. He builds a relationship with him, and then he he figures out okay, what buttons do I need to hit with this guy, uh, and and be able to get him to his ceiling, uh, no ma- no matter what that ceiling is. But trying to figure out messages week in and week out, you can have so many signs and all these sayings, and you go through some of these buildings, and there's like. You know, this one here, that one there, and and, hey, we're that. that. Like, if you think of Bill Belichick, right? Oh yeah. Do your job. What what is the culture in three words, Bill Belichick's culture? Do Do your job. job. Simple. And then he just figures out, okay, how am I going to keep reteaching this day to day? But it's never changed. Nick's got a culture down there. And he he doesn't, hey, this week we're this, this week we're that, blah, blah, blah. No, this is our culture. This is how, you know, you're going to act in this building perform in this building this how we're going to do meetings walk through practice all that stuff um But then you got guys, like the psychologist. Yeah, that that was was really interesting.
0: I was was about to ask you, AJ. Did you expect that answer? I did not expect him to say, I got sports psychologists and sports psychiatrists uh, three times a week. We're kind of meeting with him. I I wanted to ask him, like, when did you bring that into your life, into your building? Because that wasn't uh, something that was being thought about 15, 20 years ago, 10 years ago Mm -hmm. at all. It's like, what a weapon that is. And then you hear him start talking. It's like, hey, it's a professional outfit down there, the Mm -hmm. way they operate. They're talking to adults, it feels like, you know? And we just need you to to get the best you possible did any of that hit home for you aj
10: yeah it was cool i, I definitely didn't expect him i, I was glad to hear him. he said he's working with a sports psychologist a psychiatrist to try to like it he, he sounds like everything he does like what can i do to help these kids to help mm-hmm. my team and help them like as humans and as players that's what it feels like and uh, two to three times a week too like how do those yeah. meetings go what are they doing I, I think it's cool because you see nick saban like we call him the goat obviously the guy's unbelievable in what he's done in his career but he's Telling us, hey, I gotta, I'm reaching out. I'm seeking other people to try to get, gain information always. And he's been doing this for so long and always telling you, he's like, hey, I don't, I'm not inventing things. I'm just trying to figure out how to get this, uh, these points across to my players.
0: Just a West Virginia boy at heart, you know, mm-hmm. humble. Uh, his humility has remained through there. I talked about that uh, when I complimented him on the stage how visibly uncomfortable he got. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, right before he could feel
10: it. He could feel it. He was, like, squirming. He could feel it. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I've never had that before because normally I could come in – big and just be like how about you and Mm -hmm. then just like kind of like let them know i know i've done my research i know you i respect you you kind of hear it in my intros when i intro people that's me letting them know like hey i got respect Mm -hmm. for everything you've kind of accomplished it's how i've always been this is just how i talk some people hate it but some people you know it's it's an easy way to kind of break through and let people know i'm not The enemy here. I'm on your side. So it's a little bit of a tactic. So that was my first time meeting Saban. And everybody's like, "Uh, how are you going to act when you act with Saban? I'm like, I don't know, man. Same way I've acted with every human I've ever met in my entire life. And I go up to him. I'm like, how about you? West Virginia – who goes on to become this, 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 and this, and then you're still grinding away at this thing. Your work ethic is stupid. Like, thank you for joining us. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, I, stop. All right. I made a big mistake. <laughs> I made a big mistake is what he was doing. And then he sits down. He sits down, and then the crowd goes crazy, and then we're right into it. It's like, I hope this goes better than yeah, that. Right. I hope this goes better than that one or whatever. I think I think he is starting to understand who we are, what we are. Mm-hmm. But the more I hear him talk, it's like, this is what this guy was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. This guy was supposed to be a football coach and he will be forever.
3: Well, and that's what was cool is like you could you can kind of see right there I think why he likes coaching in college and maybe didn't like the NFL as much because obviously like he's talking about that gap. One of, I assume one of the biggest differences like in the yeah. NFL you have a guy it's like hey guess what we're not spending a bunch of time on this guy trying to get him trying to like diminish that gap. Like if this guy can't play, he can't play and he's out of here. There's no like Hey, we'll bring him along his freshman year, his sophomore year, and try to like kind of bring out, out who this guy really could be. Like, you, you, you're not doing that in the NFL. It's like, hey, if this guy can't play, he can't play. He's out of here. In college, you can actually like point at a guy and be like, hey, you know, there's something there, and he's maybe not quite there yet, but if we work on this guy a little bit, we can get him where we think he could be. That speech
0: when the guy got arrested, you know, sweet. And he like stood by his guy mm-hmm. publicly when it would have been very easy. Very easy. To most do, especially with how deep that Alabama roster is. Mm-hmm. You know, like lose one five-star guy. Okay, we got more. Yeah, could 20. have. And instead, he like sticks his neck out for this guy, pretty much, and then gives like a lesson on like, this is how real life is. Actually, like the guys that we're all cheering for on Saturdays. You know, I'm not going to say all of them, but seventy percent of the guys that you're watching in college football come from some pretty, you know, tough backgrounds pretty tough in life could be go one direction Mm -hmm. and life could also go the complete opposite direction so whenever you talk about all these stats and statistics and you watch the news and you watch documentaries about things that are happening in these cities like some of these guys could be characters in those documentaries yeah do you is that what you're wishing for do you want me to take a stand and just be like hey he there's no chance at having a good life for changing your future. Like I appreciated him doing that, especially because we've been in a locker room and befriended a lot of these guys. Like I'm from Pittsburgh. Obviously Pittsburgh is the way it is. It is a blue collar town. We come from a working class community, everything like that. But I go to West Virginia. I meet guys from Compton, right? Mm-hmm. I'm smoking black and milds with guys from Compton. Mm-hmm. I'm down there in South Florida taking trips down there to see it. It's like, I've been the only Caucasian in a radius of like 15 miles before in the South side of Chicago. Like the locker room, you get to meet these people and you see how close the line is to potentially complete opposite way I'm experiencing it right now with a couple of my former teammates literally in this exact moment about what could happen going one way or the other so when I saw Saban do that that was the I think that was the first time where I was like all right I love this guy like I appreciate this guy because it would have been very easy to go the opposite direction AJ you know what I mean
10: I think in that when he made those comments too, he referenced an old player he had at Michigan State that he kind of gave a second chance to, and then the guy went on. I think it was a receiver. I'm not 100% sure, but he he gave on to talk about this guy's life and what he has made from his life. And he only made one one mistake in college. Like, what would happen if I if I did kick him out? Then, if we didn't give this guy another chance, he wouldn't have this crazy life. But we know there's certain things that are unforgivable that people do, and you got to boot him off the team and Agreed. see. Agreed. Some things there's there's a fine line there's a balance with all those things.
0: Yeah, we had a uh, we had this trailer park white trash kid uh, <laughs> who <laughs> every <laughs> every single other school removed a scholarship offer. Yeah, except for West Virginia. You know what I mean? West Virginia was the only place. So like Rich Rod at the time literally was the only human mm-hmm. that was given this guy an opportunity because of some and then you saw him like be very appreciative of it mm -hmm. and learn from whatever he did in high school that gets in there it's like football is an opportunity for a lot of people it's also a life lesson a life course on hey here's discipline here's how you interact with people that you might not know a lot about here's how you handle interviews here's how you do this it's like i i was that was cool that needs to get talked about more because uh i don't know how many people a would be able to do that because obviously the school has to be able to kind of get your back there, too. Mm-hmm. But also those who would have a credibility enough to say, yeah, I will do this without getting cooked for it. And I don't know if people try to cook him for it or not. I just remember my reaction was, I love this guy. Let's move back to the NFL here. Kirk Cousins, Michael Lombardi talks about earlier. He's playing phenomenal football. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings are losing. They were 11-0 last year in 1. Uh, one score games. This year they're 0-3 already, three games in, in one Ooh. score game. Complete opposite. You know, as they say, easy come. Easy go. Water finds its level. Kirk's playing well. Kirk chatted after the Vikings or after the Chargers game, and he's, hey, somebody needs to check on Kirk Cousins. Here's him after the Chargers game.
3: How hard is it to watch tape when you know the result from last week, especially those last two possessions? How hard is it to sit down and go through that? Man,
11: you know, I said to Alec when we did an interview this August, you know, I hope my boys find something they're as passionate about as I am about football, but I hope it doesn't torment them the way football torments me. I mean, I mean, I'm crawling in my skin driving home from the stadium on Sunday, you know, in the last two days. So, you got to get back up on the horse on Wednesday morning and come back to work. But, golly, you're sitting there in meetings and you're just, you know, you're just frustrated, and and that's part of it because you because it matters to you and and it should hurt. But uh, I'm always reminded, you know, in in March, April, when you're saying we're going to go another time around the horn, you know, you're signing up for some some frustrations here and there and some moments that you wish you could have back so that's where we are right now and uh, uh, I'm thankful that we've been as explosive as an offensive as we have been you know there's a lot to build on but got to put it all together you know four quarters all phases of football uh, red zone third down short yardage you know first second down run game pass game Um, you know that's no easy task Talking about the game tormenting you, just how much better have you gotten at being able to move on and let that go by, by come Wednesday? You have to ask my wife. Uh, she'd probably be able to tell you if I'm getting better. I'm trying. I'm trying, but uh, uh, I think it goes both ways, right? On one hand, you're further along in your football career, so you, you feel like you're getting better at it. On the other hand, you're further along in your football career, so you realize you're running out of time. And I think it's, it's both sides of that. Huh. Um, I think when you're younger you maybe are a little more willing to shrug your shoulders and and know there's more games up ahead and I think when you're older you're like it's now you know it's got to be now and I was saying that last year too like the Adam Thielen's won't be here forever you know let's do it now and um and so you you feel that too but uh this this league will beat you up it'll test you and and it takes takes grit takes uh, toughness and uh uh you know that's another trait I want to see in my boys so uh I got to I got to model it for him, you know, on a daily, weekly basis.
0: I love what he said there. Sounds like an old-ass man. Uh, We got a chance. I got a chance to go to the Super Bowl my rookie year uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, and I was a literal dipshit that didn't even know how to do my job. So I, (laughs) I didn't even know how to punt. Like, a ball would go good, sweet. I don't know why that happened. Ball would go bad, I have no idea why that happened. Kind of an easy life when you don't know, but also potentially stressful. We get to the Super Bowl my rookie year. We lose. I go, boys. Let's run this thing back. Yeah. Let's run this thing back next year. Don't worry. Two years later, we're almost completely duff-eated. Ooh. Okay? And then we have new coach, new GM, new everything. Make it back to the AFC Championship game, and then we're chasing that for the rest of the time. So it's like, I think as you get older, you realize, like, hey, we got a team that can do this. This is a team that can do this. We need to do this because who knows what's going to happen literally next year. In this particular case, Kirk Cousins might not be with the Vikings next year. We have no idea what the Vikings look like going forward. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? And do you think the Vikings are going to be able to right the ship, A.J. Hawk?
10: I mean, we will see. I mean, Kirk, this was crazy. He putting up great numbers. Looks like he's playing well. They, just, they have no wins right now. And all that press coverage like, just reinforced to me that no matter how much you're getting paid, it sucks to lose. Like it's just not, it's no fun. And I understand. I'm not saying you got to feel bad for players making millions of dollars losing games, but it does. Like wherever you are, no matter what the situation's like around you, if you're losing, nobody's happy and nobody's having fun.
0: I think uh, he's got a beautiful fire pit. Yeah, he does. I saw that on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He does. It's nice cool. fire coop. Yeah. Yep. It's a good fire coop. Mm-hmm. It's got a great house too. Yeah, I oh yeah, great, wonderful, house. nice beach great house. Family. Great, great family. Everything's, but well, you lose the game. He, <laughs> oh buddy, you need to take
4: over. He, yeah, remember the twenty-four hour rule? Oh yeah, hey, yeah twenty-four real. after a win, you're in the locker room. AJ, hey, twenty-four hours, boom, easy, right? But it doesn't apply after a loss. Real life, or two loss, or three loss. I mean, Oosh. it's till that next Sunday, that next Monday, that next Thursday. You have a chance. To they're get talking about Kirk maybe being traded. What do you oh, think yeah. about that? Well, that's the thing. You were saying, hey, next year, shit might be next week for him. Sure. So you got to relish. You right think Vikings there. are looking into that? <laughs> I don't know. Pending Sunday? Where there's, where there's smoke, there's fire, <laughs> depending on how things start to go. And then, like, Kevin uh, O'Connell is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. KOC. Yeah. So they won how many games last year? 13. Yep. Thirteen, right? The year before he got there, how many was Zim? And Zim and Zim did a great I didn't think job, so Seven right? and nine. So, seven, yeah. so going from seven to to nine, or yeah, 10 we might be wrong. That might be or three five, to yeah. eight, It'll three be. to nines. But now to improve on thirteen, like impossible. Now they start zero and three. Yeah. To your point about the you know eleven to zero and one score games. Now they're zero and three in one score games. That's just how this game is because now they everybody's got a book on you. They know they know you as a head coach. They know you as a play caller. They got a new defense coordinator. So. Yeah, I, anything is anything they're, possible in National Football League. He could be gone in two weeks.
0: They're going to pay legit anything is possible. I saw Peyton Manning get cut. But, yeah, I mean, Kirk could get traded in the Jets allegedly would be the team that would want to do it. And Shefty said, let's just wait a couple more weeks to see how this whole thing pans out. It's like, well, if the Jets lose a couple more, when is it worth it? When's it not worth it? And what if he goes there and does well? What happens for next year's deal? Is he just a free agent? He got a chance to take a a test drive with the New York Jets football team for the rest of the year? Is he going to be able to learn the new offense just in the middle of the season with enough time to kind of take over over there? And is the offensive line good enough for Kirk Cousins not to die? (laughs) I mean, I just don't see all that, but I, I do question the mentality of, we're going to pay Justin Jefferson $30, $40 million a year. Yep. Yeah, I have to. And then you're just going to assume you're going to be able to get a quarterback that's going to be able to get him the ball because you pay Devontae Adams that massive deal, yeah, right? Massive deal. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't even have a quarterback there for a bit. no. And then they bring in Jimmy G and last year goes how it goes or whatever. This year it seems like it's going better for Devontae but it's like, if, unless you're sure you're going to have a guy that can get the ball to the wide receiver, that's a wild move. I guess they just assume you could draft a guy, somebody cheaper because you're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson. Go ahead,
3: Todd. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and then if when you start looking at this season, it's like oh, okay, if things don't go well, like maybe we will be in that kind of that market to to have a top 10 pick pick and we'll be able to pick one of these guys who's supposed to be up there but we talked about like kyler you could see that as a situation potentially like if arizona's sure. up there and and they're looking at something it's like who knows because i mean even look at look at Devonte. like yeah he he's putting up numbers and he's playing well but he's saying in his his post game press conferences like like hey i'm i'm not a loser like I, i'm not here to <laughs> like like yeah I, it's awesome catching seven balls for 175 yards and two touchdowns but like I want to win games. And they're already talking about him wanting to be traded. So it's like you're staring down that barrel with Jefferson potentially. Like, that's that's not a good situation either.
2: Oh, and Addison. Addison's right. Uh, he's going to be up in three years too, and he's off <laughs> to a great start. But with Kirk, it's like, hey, you know, if we go, let's say they win this weekend and the Jets get killed and then the Vikings have to decide, like, all right, we're one in three. We're probably in an area with Kirk where we're going to win seven games. We're going to win six games. We're not going to be in that top five where you kind of want to. Now, granted, right now the – quarterback draft class is absurdly good allegedly yeah allegedly and that's right now who knows where it is by the time we actually get to the draft and who actually leaves but if you're minnesota you know you're not going to get a top 10 pick with kirk like you're gonna be in that terrible seven to ten range where you're gonna win enough games with him but you're not you're never gonna win the
0: super bowl you can make a trade i don't know their picks what they have how they have to do it but it's like Everybody's just assuming Kirk's gone from Minnesota. Trade him to the Jets. It's like, do they want to do that? Are you just gonna to wanna to potentially put Justin Jefferson in the fate of some unknown potentially? And, and, I don't
9: not just him. I mean, there's what, 50, 60 other guys in that locker room if you, they know if you trade Kirk, it's the same way like that's going on in New York. Like that the locker room knows. If you get rid of Kirk, like you're a punt there on the come. season and you don't give a shit about any of them.
0: It's crazy we're thinking talking about this, uh about Kirk, by the way. Yeah. Because <laughs> normally this would all be Kirk's fault. Yeah, for the, sure. The 0-3 would is be not. Kirk's fault. You know, even if it wasn't,
9: Kirk, sure, it would
0: be sure. said yeah. that it's Kirk's fault. Very different narrative about old Kirk Cousins right now. Good for – hey, good for you. Good yeah, I, Kirk. Kirk. I know it's miserable because you're losing and you're the quarterback, is still a thing, but it's not just directly on Kirk's shoulders publicly, which I think he's probably appreciative
4: of. But he's always been good in the regular season. Well,
0: that's not what people said, though. From no, no, time. no, no, no. It didn't matter. Primetime games, regular prime season guys. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Yeah. AJ we
4: on. just lost A.J. Hawk.
9: He said, he was, said "I would why, like to
4: bury Kirk." Uh, yeah. So why, if like you, you bring up the Jets, why would the Jets go trade for him, knowing that they got Aaron coming back last yeah. year? Well, or that's why, not even being talked about. Why
2: don't they, if they're also, you know, in the situation where hey, we can get Kirk and we could, you know, maybe go to the playoffs? Why wouldn't the Jets just do the same thing? Like, hey, screw this. Let's just suck. And obviously we don't have the quarterback of the future. Like, we can still, you know, get a good pick and then take somebody that then gets to, you know, go a year, two years under Aaron's belt and do the Jordan Love and the Packers thing.
4: That makes more sense than you're not going to go trade for Kirk Cousins. How do Because they screwed this up last spring. They got Aaron. They knew what they had in Zach, whether the old line, whatever, right? True. Sure. But why don't you just move on? And get a legitimate. Where would you say
0: Zach? Is Zach dead? Is Zach done? Is yeah. Zach never going to work? Yeah. So like
4: Lombos point, like if they got a, that's why you know Salah doesn't want to do that right now because if they do it, it's over. And it's like, what are you going to do with him? Cut it. You got to cut him. You can't have him h- hanging around the locker room as your number three. Can you imagine that poor kid? Yeah, they and sent him like, home last year. And he's year. like, You gotta be confident. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's, you gotta feel good about yourself. Francisco. You gotta be confident. Well, what the fuck should I look at this oh, Chuck. 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 so close. Oh, so How, old
0: close.
4: You, Chuck? How old are you, Jeez. Chuck? How old are you, Chuck? How old are you, Chuck? I'm sorry. How old are you? I'm old enough. No, be. but how old are you? What, what is I'll be 63 th- next Tuesday. Happy birthday. Let's go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. For Monday. What's next Monday? I don't know.
0: I just want to Old White's. <laughs> now, that's one of you Yeah. that uh-huh. said that, not <laughs> me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, just, I just want to let them know that's 63-year-old Paisana. No, awful. I appreciate I the passion. a lot of passion. We appreciate the passion because it's real, though. Like, the Zach Wilson situation last year was uncomfortable to watch publicly. Let alone this
4: year for another year it happening. But going through everything he's been through, the Mike White t-shirt, all that and then you come back and you're trying to instill all this confidence i mean something good's got to happen to make you feel good about yourself and there hasn't been anything for that poor kid ladies and gentlemen joining us
0: now a man who missed chuck dropping uh not chuck or luck no or or tuck no or muck or buck or shuck shuck. it was the f dash 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 bomb Mm. that's right this guy missed it. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawks back. Hey boy, AJ. AJ. You missed it, AJ. Good I'm for you. Sorry, That's why your computer cut off because they were like, we don't want you to hear this. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Santa's <laughs> about to say
4: something.
0: You know what I mean? And I'm Chuck,
4: embarrassed for my family. Yeah. You Good. It. Yeah. If you'd like to talk, the yep. floor is yours. Italians. Actually.
0: You got it, Chuck. If you'd like to apologize to any more people, but <laughs> camera's right there. <laughs>
10: There's kids watching.
0: Mm-hmm. I your grandchildren. Oh, bear, bear. Yeah, Bear's watching. Yeah.
4: If you want to. Bear's sorry, probably Joe. screaming it. Bodie. Well, oh, doesn't understand yet, but he will. Well, Miller? All- <laughs> <laughs> they learn early.
0: Welcome back, AJ. We're talking about just like it, the point that Lombo made where he said second quarter. That's what Lombo said. Mm-hmm. Lombo said second quarter, they're pulling Zach Wilson, they're putting Trevor Simeon in. If Zach Wilson continues to go the way it goes with the lack of self-awareness on the sideline, the lack of leadership, and also lack of production on the field, and then they said once you pull Zach there, it's done forever. Like, it's just, you can't put him back in. Simeon's potentially going to take some hits because that O-line is what it is. But what do you do with Zach there if that is the case? And we're obviously just operating in hypoth- hypotheticals right now that Lombo created last yep, hour. Mm-hmm. This is the most ESPN thing we've done since getting on to ESPN. <laughs> he made me cuss. Lom- well, we're swearing. Yep. Lombo's creating a narrative. We're not reacting to a narrative. This is ESPN. Welcome to ESPN, (laughs) Pat But that is something that is potentially real and being projected. What do you do, Zach? And how do you think the locker room handles that whole situation?
10: I mean, I I would love to be inside that locker room just to get a feel of what – I just – the vibe has to be so weird. But, yeah, I think Lombo's correct. If you do pull Zach, especially early in the game, how do you ever plug him back in? Like, then, say, Simeon struggles as well. Like, what do you do from there – I, I don't see. I don't know the options that they have, honestly. If they pull Zach early, I don't know what you do. I don't well,
1: know
0: how. All right, let's uh, pivot away from that. Let's talk about butts being pushed in short yardage situations. Yeah, hell yeah! Oh. Let's talk about ninety-two percent success rate for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not so much for everybody else, but for the Philadelphia Eagles with Jason Kelsey in the bullish and Jalen Hurts in the bullish, putting a couple hands right there on asses and pushing for short yardage situations. Everybody's weighing in on it now. Everybody's weighing in. Peter King wanted this thing canceled. Yeah exiled from the game. Get it out. It's boring. It's stupid. It's dangerous. It's rugby, is what Peter King said. And Jason Kelsey comes out and says we take concepts from every sport. You don't like rugby? Oh, sorry, Peter King. Okay. You're so high-brow. You are so highbrow. you do not mm. like the toughness of rugby. <laughs> and then he also pointed out the fact that other teams aren't as successful as the Philadelphia Eagles. You're also kind of undercutting the skill that it takes and the power that it takes and the technique that it takes to kind of have this be a successful operation. Now we got defensive players from around the NFL and ex-NFL players. Uh, this is uh, D-tackle Cam Hayward on Good Morning Football. He hates the damn name of the tush-push. I think we're probably a bit Big part of the problem just projecting calling a tush push every single day i've seen the uh, uh brotherly shove saw that oh, That's good because it's uh from the city of brotherly love uh but whatever the case we know what we're talking about the only thing that's wrong with this play is that the offensive line isn't set it's a hard play to stop it's 11 on 11 football and you need to find a way to stop but okay pretty high level analysis there from cam hayward let's go to the next one here from jj watt lots to talk about the tush push hate the name, he says, mm-hmm. by the way. Unpopular opinion, if they weren't allowed to push from behind, the Eagles would still be just as successful with quarterback sneaks. Yes, it helps, but the push isn't the reason it's successful. The O-line and Jalen are. JJ's echoing what Jason Kelsey said, like, hey, there's a little, let's have a little bit of respect. Now, Richard Sherman dove in on the rules and whether or not it's fair. My problem with the tush push, he didn't care about the name, is the NFL literally banned defensive players from pushing other players in the offensive formation on field goals and because it was a health and safety violation. But now it's okay because it benefits the offense. And Richard Sherman echoes the sentiments of a lot of defensive players that says that the NFL is actually creating rules to make defense hard and offense easy. I think that's a matter of fact. But I also think the game's in a good spot, so it's going to continue to happen. So whenever you think about all this from Richard Sherman and from all these other boys, AJ, as a guy who's the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, what are your thoughts on it? Should it be changed? Should it be adjusted? And how do you stop it
10: i don't think i've never called for the old tush push to be banned i think like hayward said you got to find a way to stop it but i think richard sermons comments were the most interesting for me like it's true i was there i was playing when you could push guys through the a gap to try to block field goals and stuff and block extra points why why is that too dangerous but this isn't? Well, True. so Good those
0: guys don't have a ball in their hands, the ones that are being pushed, mm-hmm. they're literally yeah. just human torpedoes. Mm-hmm. So the D tackles who weigh 330-340 would be lined up right over the long snapper's shoulders, okay? Right over the long snapper's shoulders. So long snapper's like this for the field goal, Ooh. right over. Then two guys would be behind each guy so it'd be six dudes coming through just the a gap. You remember this? Yeah. Everybody was promoting the hell out of this. So then, bang, snap, and then you're just murdering the long snapper, <laughs> and the guards are trying their best to like get their arms in to stop. You know, probably 900 pounds mm-hmm. being pushed through each one of those guys. Ga- so I think it's a little bit different, you know, because like Jalen has to hold the ball still, so he's not just literally a torpedo like those D tackles were being for the field goals but certainly worthy of a conversation about a little bit of a contradiction there between the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball.
4: Maybe they think, like, the long snapper, he's obviously defenseless. He's got his head down, he's got to snap a ball, and then he's got all that happening. Where we know this play's coming, to Cam's point. I thought Richard Sherman, like – that's a great argument. Great argument, but the, but the officials are going to come back and say, "Well, this guy's a defenseless player."
0: Yeah, they'll say apples oranges.
4: So, right.
9: the
2: defenses can push
9: too. So against against the Tush push, then are we shoving the linemen from the linebacker position now? Is that yeah, the way we they they have it? Been. Yeah, we yeah. should. Yeah. They have been. That would be no, so- well because be- the. Yeah, they're, die- they're, they're run- look. The over. running
10: backs are kind of pushing the O linemen too, though. Like the tight end, Goddard, they like kind of get a push with the O linemen They don't uh, have the
0: ball in their hands. The hour is coming to an end, as is our show on ESPN. We will continue on YouTube. Sports centers in seven minutes. All right. Yeah, that came up quick. That came up very quick. There, the end of that. Now out. it's
4: okay. You're at seven to yeah, three. Yeah,
0: now, now please.
4: Come on, old man. Fuck I can't believe I said it. Wrong. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> that was awful.
0: I did appreciate Richard Sherman taking that stance because it is a good comparison. Fair. I think it is a good argument. But to Chuck's point, it's like
10: argument reminded me of remind me of the good old days in the long snappers who had pinpoint accuracy and used to punch the dudes in the balls that used to jump like in college our dudes used to have straight up throwing right or left hit boom right end the shaft
0: yeah so now you're not even allowed to be on the shoulders of the shoulder uh, of the long snappers and you'll see refs in d tack yeah. or in linebackers hit d tackles and at the beginning there there was people like kind of bitching about it or whatever but boy i don't know how long snappers didn't have broken necks yeah. every single week honestly I, because they're down there like this and then they're taught, to your point, if you feel any pressure on you, which you will and you can keep your feet, you rise up with both hands, like basically trying to get both of them. That's what they're being taught. But most times they are
4: boom. And Mike, those guys are typically only like 235, 240 pounds. I mean, they're smaller. Have to be able to cover. They're smaller yeah. dudes, right? Luke Rhodes is what, 240 pounds maybe? Yeah. and he's But y'all. to your point, die a slow death, what part of field goal protection – when you're talking about field goal and you can't push like the guys on the oh, wing and, the, and, the, and the tight ends, it's, you talked about it a couple oh, weeks ago. That was the coaching point. Die a slow death. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. Congratulations, All you slow. scored a touchdown. Way to go. But then you got interlocked, A.J., right? You're interlocked with the wing and then your leg gets caught and you get a blown out. Jeez, it's even worse.
0: You're doing this one here. That's what I. That was my least favorite part of being a kicker, you know, Whenever I was going to practice, I wasn't going to practice in high school. Probably should have. Maybe would have ran a little bit more fakes, had a little more fun. But I was playing soccer at the time. Everybody thought that's where I was going. But my first time at practice, watching the offensive linemen, like what they're being taught for me to kick a field goal. Yeah. And I'm like hearing it. I'm like, these guys got to fucking hate me. Oh, my God. And then I miss like a like a short one. I'm like, I am so sorry. Like, I I am so So, sorry. Vinatieri, same way. Even through, like, being in the NFL. Like, you'll see, like, ass slap from Vinatieri for the boys. Like, hey, thank you, boys. Mm -hmm. Thank you, boys. Thank you, boys. Because the extra point, think about the extra point. That drive was probably long. They're exhausted. They've been literally hand-to-hand combat with people for this entire drive. Now, yeah, you're about to get your ass run over. And you should be happy you get to do this. (laughs) But if you get run over, get run over slowly, please. It's like, okay, all right, fuck off. I've had a couple offensive linemen that were like, yeah. Uh, West Virginia, correct. West Virginia, a uh, guy told me, yeah, we don't miss extra points here or you will be go missing or something. Yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. fair, fair, yep. fair. Never again. And I did, and I did, and I did <laughs> miss uh, extra point, and I like just walked away from him. I don't like when kickers stand on the field, too, after a miss. We got to stop that.
3: Still dapping and, everybody up. Yeah, I, yeah. Even when it's a, like a
0: high snap or laces are weird. Yeah, whatever the case, you don't put the ball through the uprights. We don't need to be dapping up the offensive linemen that just were told to die slowly yeah, and are fucking cool. miserable. You know, and they're all like... Most of them are just good dudes, like, yeah, this is just what we do. And they're like, hey, better luck next time or whatever. Anytime that happened to me, I was always like, better luck next time. You just died. I'm, Yeah, there it is. Look at this. This is what dudes do. They sign up for this. Well, they don't sign up. They're forced to do that. That's in the middle of the game. Get back up. You got more <laughs> place. You're lucky to be here. You're lucky We're to be here. to put both arms
10: out, try to get wide, and just get <laughs> yeah. your hands on three people.
0: Hey, how can you make you the most vulnerable possible? I, I don't know. Let me spread out my legs. <laughs> okay. have two lift legs. lift your
10: legs up, too. Make them trip over your legs, too. Let me have and two, that's, that's two legs big. behind
0: me, and then
4: let me go like this with my head back. That might be the most vulnerable position in football. Go ahead, And that's John. your backup D lineman. Yeah. That's a minimum, you know, vet, vet minimum. <laughs> he's Matt's. making he, He's got no choice. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'd love that job. Great and walk. It's easier to that block a like kick fun. than it is
0: to block for a kick. But if you block a kick, I think you're winning, like, 70% of games yeah. or something like that. For so, like, sure. so important, so vital, so miserable. You know, they're coming after the kickoff. You know, coming after the kickoff, yeah. trying to change rules. Yeah. It's like, maybe a thought should be, let's figure out how to do this a little bit safer. Yeah, maybe.
4: <laughs> right, let's, so, let's try to figure out how to do this one a little historically bit. Historically low kickoff returns to this point through three weeks. We're going into week four historically oh, low and it's not because of the because oh you wow. saw that
0: you yeah. saw that on monday it night? happened you saw it on monday night yeah that's disgusting do you go over to your nfl phone calls and say look what you did to our game yeah mm-hmm. i'm embarrassed for what you did do you because we know how you talk now did you go this fucking fair catch Jeez. on a kickoff is disgusting is that what you say to the nfl or did you let them know that or are they exactly. celebrating the fact that oh. that happened on didn't get, get
4: much traction but i yeah it was bad bro
0: just looked embarrassing you know and we Chase Blackburn, who's the special teams coordinator for the Rams, two time Super Bowl champion for the Giants, Ohio guy, mm-hmm. massive head. Gitch. Yeah. Huge head. Would beat us all up in this room. Sure. Absolutely. Okay, I understand would, that. Would headbutt us to death with his neck and head. You're right. <laughs> Bang, boom, the whole time. Yeah. Bang. Pow, but, and we would just have to take it. But, Go around the room. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how you doing? Chase Blackwood. Boom. <laughs>
1: hey, Who's next? Well,
0: my name's Ty, Mad Mel, Lou. Boom. Boom. All right. Don't care. See <laughs> my name's Connor. I hate America. Boom. Boom.
2: Don't hate America.
0: Well, that's what people are saying.
2: But do you think the NFL's more so thinking, though, like, hey, in six, nine, 12 years from now that this won't be a huge conversation? That it'll more so just be, yeah, this is how the game is now on kickoffs and kick returns?
1: I
4: hope, dude. I just, I, I mm. They're just going to go back and look at okay, how many were actually waved off? See yeah, how know. many times, and then and if it's really low, it was like less than two percent of all the kickoff returns had a fair catch on them. But we still had the same amount of injuries. We'll get rid of it. Yeah, so it's it's on a one year deal anyway. I don't even think they look.
2: I think they just make. They make it, they say it's for a year, it's not for a year, and then it goes. So they stats
0: look. are on everybody's side. Right. And it feels like stats have been against the kickoff for a long time. We hope that some big brains find a way to keep it in the game and make it still exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then we hope they're listened to. we not you
4: say the stat was on the tush? Uh, 92% for Philly. So which, which one did they miss? And can we find that They missed clip. one this week. They did yeah. miss one this they week. They missed one this week. <laughs> it was a do you third stop one. It, Chuck? How Chuck? How can we stop it? So that's the thing. I'd like to look at the tape on the one they missed. I think somebody slipped. And if they
0: I – think, I think it's all traction. I think it's all mm-hmm. just – I think the way to get there is you've got to get to the ankles, don't you? So then you cause like a – pile. Oh, this, well, then they This they one they actually
9: jumped it. over. Uh, the linebacker that they missed forward. jumped over and, and grabbed him. and kind they, of pulled pulled th- him
4: back.
2: They changed the method two week one. They weren't going low anymore. They were letting the defense go low.
0: Yeah, which was a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Jason Kelsey, the first week, snap, let them dive, go on top. Mm-hmm. So it was like a delayed dush-bush.
4: Mm-hmm. which is. Yeah, that would be the first thing, AJ, right? You remember old goal line. We'd had those guys with their asses running on their four point stances in the submarine. You go under the offensive lineman and you come up through their butthole. Into the backfield, <laughs> but
0: it's hard yep. to do with Jason Kelsey though. Jason Kelsey yeah. also, he's so that's
4: low. so that's four point. So that's hard to get through his butthole. And they
0: go on It is hard to get to his butthole. Yeah, because the way <laughs> he <laughs> does that thing up like a cat. Uh huh. You know, yeah. Really ass. Tough. And then he's down there like this. Yeah. Tough to get to his butthole, Coach. Most possible. Yeah, show us, Coach.
10: How coach, how get doing. the corners. Butt. <laughs> yeah,
0: come on, Coach. You <laughs> got to <laughs> get your head
10: way down. There you go, Chuck. Coach, got My high school D line. That's what we like, did.
0: Sixty years old,
4: bro. Pretty good, Chuck. Doing yoga. I would say. Microphone, yeah. If they weren't always going on first Now, first sound, you know how Belichick would stem on the goal line? False. Start. Get you to jump and get a false start. That gets them out of fourth and one. So I maybe try to come up with something like that. Otherwise it's just like let's
0: Yeah, go. but if you're moving as they go. Yeah, you gotta Yeah.
2: Can you just try and time it up? Like just over and over again, go off sides if you
0: have to and just keep trying to time it up. We're not like gonna four. let them get one successful one. We're gonna jump off sides five straight going, times. Every time.
4: Yeah, just go Shiano on it. You're going to – 92% okay, so we're not stopping us, fellas, right? So let's just jump the gun to yeah. your point. Maybe. Let's yeah. just 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 see what happens. Yeah, somebody bat the ball out of Jason Kelsey yeah.
0: too, yeah. just to let him yeah, know. Mm-hmm. That's the
4: other thing Greg did. We had Swatter on that. You we were, were coach for him? We were together at oh, Miami. When they were was, you to, guys or, were talking about him the other day. He came from the Bears. He was at the Chicago Bears as a defensive assistant. Back in the day. And then went to Miami. For Wanstead. And then he came to University of Miami. I was DB coach there. He came there in 99 as our D coordinator. So we, we were together 99 and 2000, and he got the Rutgers job.
0: Got it. And then he came to the Big East.
12: Yep.
0: Welcome to Steve Slayton and Pat Whitetown. Never the but same. We had some great games. Shauna had those boys ready. And he went down to Tampa and almost embarrassed the entire league. Yep. But mm-hmm. happy he's back at Rutgers. For sure. Perfect. Happy he's back at Rutgers.
4: They played well for a good bit of time in that game. I, uh, what a bad decision by me. Go first quarter. Let's get to a break.
0: Sean <laughs> Trurani on Did another you, sport we'll be talking. I took rockers, yeah, on game day. Straight face. Oh, yeah. You were talking. <laughs> what right. if they'd have
4: won, though? What if they'd have won?
0: That's college football. Could have. Yeah. But
4: you've hit some other ones. You've been good this year. That's
0: Well, that was the problem. Yeah. My, my bat was just yeah, so hot. You I, had to. I had, oh. <laughs> I had eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. BYU for sure. Florida for sure. What are we even talking about? These are easy. This This board is easy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I look at the Rutgers-Michigan game, yeah. and I was like,
4: yeah, Rutgers
0: are going to get a it big crowd. with Screw win. It. it. How is. could you
4: not take BYU on LSD Thursday? Well, I mean. LDS. Oh, LDS. Jesus,
1: Jesus Christ. Jeez, Chuck, now Chuck, I'm talking about drugs. Swearing, doing drugs.
0: <laughs> us now. It is not about football. It is about the NBA. And that is not something we normally do, but there was massive news that took place yesterday where Dame Town, Damian Lillard, was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the Milwaukee Bucks. He asked for a trade in July. He said, I'm going to Miami. He ends up in Milwaukee. The man is going to have all the information on how this happened and what this means for the rest of the league joins us now. Senior insider for the Athletic and the Stadium Network, friend of the program, the ever-handsome, Sham Sharanya. Yeah. Sham
2: Sharanya!
13: Pat, it's good to be here. Congrats again. You know, we have to make sure you got the slides, the kicks, the gear, the swag match your tank top. Also, just staying stand with your Pittsburgh roots, you know, black and yellow. So, I'm glad I'm glad you're swagged out these days. Well, I appreciate
0: the Geiger gift bag. You know, Geiger from Pittsburgh, his business manager actually went to our high school. We know pretty well. Uh, we've been trying to get something from Geiger for, through that guy for, I don't know, 10 years. So, you gifting that to me uh, is incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. And Sean good Davis, thanks for nothing. That's, thanks for uh, nothing, Sean. Yeah, that's uh, you're a good guy. Great guy. I thought we were friends, but yeah, you were able to get a full gift box before that guy was so we love you shams you're plugged in let's dive in you have a couple of wards sitting over your shoulder there uh, because you get everything accomplished yesterday news came out of nowhere that damian lillard was going to the milwaukee bucks instead of the miami heat how do we get here i thought in the nba if a player says i won't go play in miami that's what happens that's not what took place can you lead us to the trip how we got here
13: It it doesn't always happen that way. So yeah, when Damian Lillard asked for a trade on July 1, a day into free agency, he told the Portland Trailblazers, I want to trade to one team and one team only, and that's the Miami Heat. And he believed he had the goodwill there, 11 seasons there, top 75 greatest players of all time. He spent his whole career there. Um, He he felt like he earned the right to dictate where he was going to go. And Portland just from the outset, just did not seem interested in really engaging with the Miami Heat. I'm told on on one of the initial calls, they asked for either Bam Adebayo or or Jimmy Butler. Obviously, that's not going to go anywhere. And I think the Heat, in talking to people around there, they just did not feel like the Blazers had any interest in really dealing with them. And they weren't interested in their package. And the Heat were willing to give three first-round picks, swap seconds, expiring contracts, a young player like Nikola Jovic, Tyler Hero in that case, also a Milwaukee native, ironically he would then go to a third team. But that never got any traction. And so Dame Lillard, he did have some say at the end of this in terms of him and his agent. They told Milwaukee, like, trade for him if you want. Like, Dame would be fine going there. And it was going to be a matter of whether Dame would want to go there and would a team want to take him on. He's got four years, almost $220 million left on his contract. And so once his agent gave Milwaukee the green light, Milwaukee went all in. and, And they traded Drew Holiday first- uh, a couple swaps and and they really changed the entire uh, I think, landscape of the NBA because this also has an impact on Giannis's future as well.
0: Yeah, they propelled up the number one odds to win the title next year immediately upon this being announced. Dame and Giannis should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you said like four years, $220 million. Like the ninth guy on like the Pacers bench is making $190 million. I mean, yeah. that's how the NBA is. So we assume that somebody would want Dame, especially because how the NBA does move. And I, what I read, and I think you alluded to it there, you said the Miami Heat felt like they were never engaged in the conversations. I heard the Heat made one offer and then that was it it sounds like Portland was like because Dame wanted to go to Miami we're not doing that is that what's with this spite is that real is that is the pettiness is, did, that, is that how we got here
13: I, I believe Damian Lillard and his camp definitely believe that that Portland just did not have any interest fulfilling his wish and that's to trade him to the Miami Heat and oh. you look at previous trades oh, at since I've been covering the league oh. you know Donovan Mitchell last year I think there was an understanding he preferred to go to the New York Knicks, and he had spent, I think, five, six seasons in Utah at that point. And Utah did everything they could. Danny Ainge, he, Justin Zanick in Utah, they tried their best to move down to the Mitchell last year to the Knicks. The Cavs just trump their offer. And I think uh, over the course of time, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant last season, he ends up with the the Phoenix Suns, his preferred destination. He doesn't get his wish last summer, but then he gets his wish during the season. Most landmark players, the team has has at least tried to trade him to his preferred destination. In this case, Damian Lillard, his camp just don't believe that that even the, the attempt or the try was there. And I think the only situation I can think of there is with Kawhi Leonard when it was known he wanted to go to one of the L.A. teams and the Spurs just moved him to the Toronto Raptors. That was in uh, 2018.
0: I love that. And I didn't get to hear all of Farewell, Dame's new song that he dropped uh, yesterday. I hope he took some shots at the front office in the organization, you know, because everything he did for them, Uh everything he did for them, to not even engage in conversation. That's the culture, I guess, of the NBA. Go ahead, AJ, with your question for Shams.
10: Shams, uh, what's the future look like for James Harden? Were you able to talk with him at all at that sweet party he had? I saw he put out a nice highlight film of that party. I don't know if you were there, but what's it look like
13: for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind going anywhere for any information, any networking, AJ, but oh. I, I was not there, unfortunately. Oh. I also wasn't there last night in Miami when, when he went to go see a, a soccer game. Um, no but no I, what, what, what I do know is he still wants to trade, and I think he wants to trade to the Clippers. And just we, we know how this offseason has gone, the back and forth between him and Daryl Morey. Uh, he told Daryl Morey, you're, you know, he said it, for everyone to hear, you're a liar. And I never want to be a part of an organization that you're a part of again. And he got fined $100,000 for those comments. Um, and since then, I don't think anything has changed. The Sixers aren't really sure whether he's going to report to training camp next week. We'll see what happens there if he's still on the roster. But I think one thing that's changed everything that the new wrinkle is Drew Holiday, his future. He's now on Portland in that Damian Lillard trade, and I think there's a good chance he he moves before media day on Monday. And I think the the Clippers have interest potentially. Philadelphia has interest in him, and Philadelphia is going to be going hard at him. So James Harden would have to be a part of a transaction like that. So. Uh, I think it's to be determined, but I don't think James Harden's mindset's changed at all.
0: Drew Holiday said what the day before the trade that he was a buck for life, right? Love the place, love everything about it. I can't wait to be in Milwaukee for the rest <laughs> of my life. Boy, Jeez. I love this place. Tough. And then next day he's traded right out. He didn't know any discussions were happening. Is that the way it goes?
13: It's a it's a cold world. I'm I'm told he did find out before the deal, but no, I, I don't think. I think this really came out of nowhere. I think this was really airtight. Uh, John Horst, the Bucks organization ownership. At the end of the day, they had to make the final call, and 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 they they kept it tight. And I think Drew Holiday, if he was still there, he would have signed an extension, would have been there for years to come. But we saw, like Giannis's comments the last few months, the pressure he's put on that organization to go win a championship. And if we're not trying to win a championship here, I'll go somewhere else to go win a chip. And I think that pressure that he's put on that organization. They went out and they saw Damian Lillard, and they know the impact that he can have. I think there will be a transition. Defensively, Drew Holiday was a force. He can guard anyone in the league. But I think from an offensive perspective, I was talking to one uh, team president today, and they said Giannis and Dame are the best... You know, offensive duo—they're they're like a match made in heaven. Uh, there's not a better duo you can you come up you can come up with in today's NBA.
0: Well, I'll be fascinated to see how it works out because I was told Kyrie and Luca were going to be able. That's to be, right. Yep. They, is that still happening? Are we still Luca and Kyrie still together in Dallas?
13: Kyrie and Luca are still together. Kyrie signed a three years, 126 million dollar deal. He is back in Dallas, so yes, that duo is back. So as soon as he got
0: there, they just were terrible, right? And it, it'll be different. We. we
13: they they went 5-11 and 11 together, so it's oh, not even like good. You know, so
0: what happened? How is that? Because we asked you this last year at the end of the season because we went and saw oh, yeah. uh, the Mavericks take on the Pacers. And Clippers' sons. And, and Clippers' sons, but we saw Mavericks and Pacers. Everybody there had Luka jerseys on. Everybody in Indiana had Luka jerseys on. They were there to see the Mavericks. I don't think Kyrie played. He might have. I don't know. But them on the same, they never won like it was supposed to happen. And then at the end of the season, we go, hey, Kyrie going back to Dallas? or where, Is he heading to L.A.? And you're like, no, Mark Cuban wants him there. Luca wants him there. Everyone." What was happening that we didn't see in the results business that makes them think that they're going to have success?
13: Well, offensively, they think they're good. They, had, As a duo, they were one of the best offenses in the league. The big question is defensively. So them two buying in, the rest of the team buying in. But when I talk to, to people on the Mavericks, their sense is it was a roster issue. It was a chemistry issue. So this year – there's no more Christian Wood uh, there's some of these the other players on the roster they kind of allowed to depart they brought in Grant Williams I think he's gonna be a big get for them getting oh, him from Boston. yeah positions I know Boston Connor knows everything about Grant Williams so good. Uh, awesome. he he trends on Twitter every game he plays. He's a top-five trend. So fans love him. They love to hate on him sometimes as well. That's but what Brent they w- sometimes. Dallas needed more
0: top-five trends. That's yeah. right. You know, Luka, Kyrie, it, it, get exactly. another one in there, Mark Cuban. Right.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, Q. That's what they need.
0: They need more top-five trends. Uh, I'm excited to see how it works. There's another player we always ask about, obviously. Ty Schmidt has a question for you. Yeah,
3: Zion. Uh, what's going on with him? Okay. You know, I was going to say, Shams, you know, I don't want to bring this up again, but we have to talk about him. Zion is looking absolutely fucking jacked. Looks like he lost a bunch of weight. Are the expectations that he's going to play more than six games this year, or are we putting the over under at like 12 games maybe? What's going on with Zion?
13: Oh, man. I, I I hope it's not six or 12 games. If it is, the Pelicans are, are in a lot of trouble. I, I Listen, wow. the latest Zion update I have is here. Uh, the Pelicans believe that Zion Williamson is in really good shape. They're excited about his progress and the way he looks, his readiness for training camp next week. Um, and one thing, David Griffin has come out and said it as well. It, one difference in the past, Zion Williamson has not spent this much time in New Orleans. He spent a lot more time locally in New Orleans, working out there, spending some time at the Saints facility as well. There's a football tie-in for you guys. Um, but again, that doesn't mean he's leading the charge on the court quite yet. He's not. He hasn't been a part of that many scrimmages on the court, so we're not seeing him put dents on the floor. Um, but the one thing that I will say he's doing a lot of, he's, he's investing a lot more money, investing a lot more time, on, on his body, on on hiring people, bringing people in in his life that can help him and help his body. From that standpoint, you have to give Zion Williamson a shout for his accountability. I think he understands the level of commitment he needs to have uh, moving forward.
0: Is he still drinking that trash ass story?
13: <laughs> I think uh, only he can answer that. But he is sponsoring it. Uh, last time we checked, he's sponsoring. So I don't, you know, I'm not trying to. That was ruin the most we saw
0: him last year. Oh yeah, we are massive for those that are new to the program. <laughs> We are maybe Zion Williamson's biggest fans. Yeah. Let's
13: check it. Number one topic. Number one topic. I, I agree. This is the Zion Williamson show. There's not a show that ever comes by that we're not talking yeah. to Zion Williamson. I think there is a lot of love here for Zion Williamson. I've seen uh, this dude
0: yeah. since he's 12 years old dunking on little white kids on the internet, just mm-hmm. threw his legs mm-hmm. at 240 pounds then when he was 12. <sighs> now, like 290, he's able to do stuff that no other human bodies are able to do. Then he, oh, he's not going to be able to do it in college. He did. Yeah. Wanted The only thing that didn't hold up for him in college was his shoes. Remember, right. they couldn't oh, handle yeah. how yeah. explosive he was, and that actually affected him. So whenever he gets to the Pelicans in his first game playing for them, they're on national television because he's on the team. The Pelicans introduced him like... Third or something like that. Yeah, right in the middle. Or like second or something like that. Didn't introduce him last. I was pissed. I'm like, hey, we're all watching because of this guy, pal. The reason why you're on national TV, speaking of Drew Holiday, he was there. The only reason why you're on national TV is because of Zion. So I thought since day one, the Pelicans didn't appreciate what they had in this. And then it feels like over the last couple years, we've learned that maybe Zion didn't appreciate what he was either as much. Sounds like he's putting a little bit more into the game. And in return, we should feel something, right? We should see something out of Zion
13: this season. Listen, when he's on the court, Pat, I mean, we, we all want to see Zion Williamson on the court as much as possible. That's good for the game. That's good for basketball. That's good for sports. And what he does, no one else in the league does. So we want him on the court. But conditioning, his shape, mentality, commitment, I think those are all things... Figure it out, Pelican Zion! Mm-hmm. JJ Reddick has said it publicly. Teammates have said it publicly. I don't think I'm, I'm throwing Zion under the bus here. No. I think that those are all things that Pelicans officials look at on a daily basis. And I think, you know, one thing I will say, teammates... They want to see it to believe it. They want to see Zion Williamson come in, the shape he's in. They want to believe he's ready to go because they know if he plays 60 games, 70 games, this is a team that can compete for home court.
0: Hell yeah. I can't wait to watch it. Good team down there. Very good. Hey, and the blender, the Smoothie
13: King Center? Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, it's, loud. it's loud. Get, get Pat to a get, get Pat to a game. Can we get Pat to a New Orleans game? Because if you think about it, you <laughs> did the Suns. Did the Shams. 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 Just Shams,
0: you oh, sound like a, you, you sound me. like a doofus right now. Shams, Shams. 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 did the Pacers? Shams. Shams. Shams, keep going, keep going, what am Shams. I missing? Shams, you sound like a doofus. I was at the Clippers, the Suns game. Uh-huh. Obviously, I'm
13: just saying, let's get him, let, let's get Patsu to Orleans, you know. Shams, Shams. get down first, there.
0: First game, Shams, you sound dumb. Please, Zito, can we find the photo? <laughs> there has to be there somewhere. <laughs> the the Pelicans actually. They gave me a microphone, and put me right in the middle, center court. Yeah, they gave me center court after I put that tweet out about Zion, him not being introduced last. They look at this. This hmm. was the last. Oh, event. oh uh, that, that was not it. That's, that's it. it right there. Yeah. So uh, Daryl Morey's liar on the bottle service thing. Uh, certainly hilarious. They gave you the mic. Yes. Yeah. That's. I I introed the whole team. That Zion was not last. No. Yet again, I introed the whole team. This was the last event before COVID. Yes. Yeah. Real deal.
13: We have to remind the world. You know, we, we all forgot everything that happened that year in twenty
0: twenty. Yeah, so this was yeah, really. at this point I think they were talking about like a historic spike of COVID in New Orleans. Yeah, it was March. Like it was one of the mm-hmm. it was one of the big things. So we go down there to do it. We fly back. Didn't leave the state for two years. Like, that was the last thing. I think it was the last day, potentially, before COVID happened. Got to do this interim. So, the Pelicans and I have great relationships. A long time. But we've been waiting since that night for Zion to be Zion. Here we are, three years later, thinking it's coming. Now, another young superstar that we certainly need Mm -hmm. to continue to play well and off the court. Act right. Connor has a question for you.
1: Yeah,
2: Shams, we haven't heard much about Ja, and that's probably the best case scenario after that whole entire debacle happened in the uh, spring. What's going on there? Is he just locked in and is he never going to be on a phone again probably for the best, or what? what's the situation with Memphis?
13: Yeah, I think he was on the phone. He just posted a video uh, a few days ago. I think I think a lot of Ja Morant's activity right now is a lot to do with his, his sponsorships, his commitments, his partners, and I think The Nike shoe deal, they kept the shoe deal. So he still got that. He was at a Nike event in New York City a few weeks ago. So he's still involved when it comes to his partners. But I think you know, he's put out some videos as well, some content. I think he is locked in on the court. I think he's trying to stay locked in. Uh, We're not seeing him do a lot of of tweeting, um, a lot of posting on social media. And I think that was the the, the issue the first time. And then the incident happens again, I, I think the second time around. Uh, I, I, it seems like he's, he's clearly changed up at least his approach and I think the Grizzlies are going to try to get to that 2025 game point hopefully they can tread water, stay above ground and then hopefully get John Morant back right after that 25th game
0: yeah there felt like there was a time there where John Morant's natural instinct as soon as he saw an IG live was to grab a gun yep. mm-hmm. yeah. where is one as soon as he your IG life, let me do that. He can learn from that, right? He can certainly change. I think. I think. He, he, I think we're going to see a great John Morant from this. Is that how everybody else views this as
13: well? Uh, yeah, I think. I think he, even his dad's come on and said it. It's just decision making. Wow. I think John Morant has to take ownership of this. I think he has. I think he did the first time. Clearly, he did it again. And I think the, the, the onus falls with him. You, listen, you do it again, you're going to get an even bigger suspend. You probably suspend. You know, season mm-hmm. like. Yep. You're gonna like. Third time around, like it's it's not gonna go uh as well for him. So I, I think he understands that there's too many partners for him, too much obligation. I think at the end of the day, everyone around John Morant, when I talked to teams that interviewed him during the pre job process, he's a great kid. I think he loves basketball, he loves to hoop. And so to be able to hoop and to show your love and passion for the game, he's gotta stay on the court. And that means getting rid of the off court.
0: Yeah, and we need him in the sports world too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, look, come on, Joe. Come on, let's go ahead and do this. Let's just be an adult earn the paycheck, do our thing, and then when you're done, all the gun IG lives you want. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Rip it up. That's like a goal. Maybe have it be a goal, just not as one of the top-paid professional athletes on earth. Anything we miss here, Shams? Anything we miss that we should have brought up in the NBA world because we're not following as closely as you are, obviously?
13: No, no, but I, I just got a text. I, I, will, I have some news for you guys, just, just a little bit. Not, it's no trade news. This is a big trade week. You know, We'll see what happens to Drew Holiday, see what happens to James Harden. I just got this. Uh, so, Indianapolis... Uh, your city, where you're from, well, where you bleed, yeah, you bleed um, black and ye- you know black and yellow, but yeah, you reside, yeah, in, Indy. You reside yeah, you in Indy. By way, Yeah. right? They, they're hosting All Star Weekend in 2024. Uh, the NBA is nearing plans for the Warriors and Chase Center to have the 2025 All Star Weekend in the Bay. Okay, okay. So, All right.
0: some, congrats!
13: Congrats! Vegan related news. For The
0: Warriors,
13: they will host is that All-Star weekend
0: 2025. Yep. Oh, almost right. there. Okay, the yep.
2: Mark. I just here. put in my yeah. calendar.
13: What's the date? What's the, <laughs> Book date? the flights, you know? But uh, eight months away mid February 2025. Okay,
0: the the ides of February 2025. Let me scroll through here. All right, it's 2024. Someone get on Airbnb now. All right, February 2025. The 12th is Wednesday. <laughs> Well, it's a Wednesday. All right, okay. we appreciate you, man. You're the best, dude. Honestly,
13: appreciate you guys always.
0: When's the season? Keep you going. said training camps
13: next week, all the way to Christmas, right? Because Christmas is first day, yeah. Me- media days October <laughs> October two, <laughs> season opener October twenty third, okay, and then Christmas Day. Yes, is uh, December. T- I think it's December twenty fifth. I think. Can we? Can we confirm that?
0: Well, there's certainly a conversation about, is that the actual, or mm, right. is there
13: yeah, a certain... Yeah. That, that's not for us to decide. No. Yeah, that's not this. The know, NBA season starts on October 23rd. Just to clarify. We'll, oh, no. yeah, the pre- yeah.
3: yeah, we'll check in on and Christmas.
0: Well, actually, Christmas is Sunday, which...
3: Is the Lord's Day, but it's also... I think
0: we know what that... Roger
3: Goodell's yeah. Day. No, no,
0: it's Monday. It's Monday. But oh, we okay. got three... Three games on Monday. Hey, we got three... For, so, Christmas was last year on Sunday, I think, yeah. and the NFL saw... How like oh NBA not a bad idea, so now this year, three games the NFL has. Ooh. Uh, that's oh. sorry Sean. Why are we yeah. doing that? Why is that happening?
13: Yeah, and, and I mean the NBA didn't encroach on Thanksgiving. You know, <laughs> NFL came in on Christmas Day d- doing their thing.
0: What's that all about? You know what? I mean? What is that all about? Uh, now
2: NFL also on Black Friday, which I don't is think
0: the
10: NFL is worried
2: too much.
0: Yeah, well, oh, I'm man. not saying that. I'm just talking about yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sarni, thank hey, you. <laughs> So, like, that was their day.
10: Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I remember Kobe, I remember watching Kobe on, on Christmas
2: Wrong.
9: Day. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be
10: back once Christmas is, it's what, four
2: days where it can be just on its own? Not oh,
9: this what? year. Next year when Christmas is on Tuesday, yeah. that'll be fine. Is
0: that how it works?
9: Just Normal, moves a day? Normally, yeah, yeah. unless it's a Leap Year. Leap
2: like, Year but, moves yeah. two days, I believe.
0: Okay, so they'll put a game on Tuesday.
3: If they have to, yeah. Christmas? You
2: think
0: so? Yeah.
2: Week 16?
0: You think what yep. they did last year, you, the numbers that they had, like, and then yep. this year, the numbers they're going to have, they will do Christmas football, I assume. Yeah, Maybe not a, uh, Wednesdays, just close enough to Thursday. Why not? I think they would do, like if it was on Friday. Yeah, I think the NFL has invaded Christmas, I think.
10: Do you agree? Absolutely. They will invade any day that they have to. No question.
0: There's people at home watching other. Why haven't we done this forever? Well, the NBA kind of. It's a, Oh, who cares? Okay. Mm. Basketball.
10: Did the yeah. NBA he said the NBA didn't didn't come after like to play on Thanksgiving like was that do you think the NFL really said like hey don't don't be touching Thanksgiving that's our day
0: Yeah we all felt the same way but yeah, let I'm Shams home. have his little moment
3: yeah
10: <laughs> we, we all. 2025 though that is pretty sweet though so out they have a brand <laughs> new arena Just built it
3: what are that you laughing it, at? That is big news. I
0: did not know that was coming. No idea. 2025 news? Yeah. Look at us, dude. We're <laughs> write, breaking this write, thing. Calendar, yeah, first, Put in the calendar. Bro, I'm in my calendar right now. February 2025. Literally. I mean, the
4: 12th is a Wednesday. I didn't know it was an Indy. Indy? Congrats. What about Indy? That's
0: this year, yeah. yeah? That's not broken. That's not, I think that news has been broke for a few years though. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I believe it has. Oh, awesome. I think <laughs> as we, it
4: is going to be here. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. The load management players yeah
10: they did didn't they 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 changed the rules for
2: uh, all awards now you have to play a minimum of 65 games so if you want to win MVP defensive player of the year all that shit you have to play
10: at least 65 games well, so they still have a lot of load management then still. You have to play like, eighty two regular
0: yeah. season? Yep. Yeah, seventeen games though is better than people missing like thirty games.
3: Isn't the all NBA stuff mm. is tied into the contracts too yes, and like yeah, how much money guys can make. So and legacy. And yeah, right. Yeah. Everything well, like hundreds of that.
4: millions. They do care about that, I think. That I think basketball is that overarching enough to well, no, affect yeah, I, a lot of the best. The supermax right?
2: contracts, yeah. You have to like yeah. Jalen Brown, for instance, the reason he got a two hundred and ninety five million dollar contract is because he was second team all NBA. So like when they actually do the Suns uh contracts they like have a list of them and how KD is the highest paid, Bradley Beal, then Booker. Booker will get like a 350 million dollar contract supermax for his next one if he's on an all NBA team, which he will be.
0: The Suns were part of that uh, Dill- uh Lillard trade. Yeah, yeah, they got
2: much better. They they helped they got rid of Ayton, which was just another guy who wanted 20 shots, brought in a dude who just I mean he's a European who just sits under the net, Nurkic. Perfect for what they needed.
0: Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't
9: forget Grayson.
2: Yeah, he actually, Grayson
0: Allen. What's he is, is he uh is he still doing uh, Grayson Allen stuff, yeah. Mac Jones stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, he's
2: still doing the same stuff. Um Go okay, ahead
0: Duke this weekend.
2: Can't wait. Nurkic yeah. is actually the guy who snatched the phone out of the fan in Indianapolis when he was filming him. He snatched this dude's phone, threw it. He got suspended for a game for it. I didn't remember that. I don't remember yeah. I saw it. I yeah, love got, it got got in his face. I mean he was they, they were hey, why did Drew Holiday get
10: traded and then traded again? Why is Portland pick him up there just to use him to trade him and get some more picks?
0: Buy out. I think he's gonna get traded and he's gonna buy out of his contract so he's gonna be a free agent. I would assume that Portland heard learned that Knew that before yeah. the trade even took place. Yeah,
2: they'll try and trade. They'll try How about and trade Chris him. Have Chris Paul, first. right? Yeah. Yeah. If they don't trade him, then they'll buy him out and he'll go. Because if if he does say, "Hey, I want to go to Miami," and they trade him to Miami, which would be hilarious, because they want to do it for Lillard. But if they did that for a Holiday, then they don't have to buy him out. Then Miami just gets his contract. But if and no then one, it,
0: Miami could buy out though. They can do that. Yeah, yeah. they could. But
2: they yeah. they take him. Like the Celtics are another team, and he mentioned the Clippers too. They're there are going to be multiple teams who are going to try and trade for him, and it would make more sense for them to trade him than to buy him. Out.
0: how about petty i thought that was a players league over there and uh, portland's not even talking to miami because that's where fuck lillard he wants to go to miami <laughs> anywhere but miami i
10: didn't think that happens much me miami. neither
0: that was wild to hear about honestly I was, players usually pay,
10: players seem to be in complete control especially if you are one of the few superstars out there yeah
2: mitchell he brought up mitchell mitchell did not want to go to cleveland oh, but he didn't he want to be in utah so
10: yeah
0: but is donovan mitchell the same caliber as dame Close. Uh,
10: yeah, they're they're,
2: they're pretty damn
10: good. Close. He's pretty damn good. Martin, sweet. Dames. What about LeBron, Austin Reeves? Are they going to win it all? Are they going to be good? They, oh, that okay. was the
0: first time there's ever been an ESPN-associated NBA conversation where LeBron James is not asked about. Yeah. And at the end, I was thinking about asking about it, but said, you know what? Not no. going to do it. Just no. so we can break that record yep. of never, ever bringing up. Shams has a good plug, too, with the LeBron camp. Yes, he there does. He let's call Shams back. Let's just do that. Let's, gotta, yeah, let's call Shams back. Second hit you guys see Austin count. Reeves' new
10: shoes yet? I want to see if they're any good. He's got his own shoe line.
0: They look sweet. I haven't seen them. I, I was going to bring up about Zion. I bet you he has the least amount of games played in the NBA and has his own shoe line. Probably.
4: Yeah.
9: For you
0: sure. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, that might be a record.
4: That an over under on him? On Austin Reeves? On Zion. How many games you played? I said it.
9: What is no, that? it's twelve. Oh my
4: bad. What do you think, Chuck? You know, you follow the sport much? No, I mean that's what you can bet. I'm talking about the No, oh, oh,
3: no, man. no. So they put it. No I assume runner? that's insanely low. That was kind of just you put it. You put at it at twelve. So, if they're
2: probably at like thirty
0: or something.
3: Yeah, yeah probably.
2: he's probably the favorite to win comeback player of the year though. Or most improved, and he's
0: been able to win that the last three years. <laughs> What's, he <coming laughs> back? What's he coming back from? Weight, <laughs> weight yeah.
2: and porn stars? No, Tony. Well, that's the thing.
0: Hey, that porn star situation. Did that get cleared up? I think so. I haven't heard anything.
9: Well, Gino Smith won Comeback Player of the Year, so I have guess anything can happen.
0: Stephen A. was mm, funny. Yeah, good point. was yeah. uh, tone got real upset. He wasn't hurt. What did he come back? Oh, he from, stunk last year? I mean, a backup quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Way to come back from that. But it is his story.
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Quite a good comeback story. I think he should have been an MVP conversation with what he did with that offense, number one offense in the NFL. Playoffs. But you were saying comeback
9: is for injuries. I, in my mind, yeah, but I'm wrong. Well,
0: and Shams, 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 is back. Shams is back. Shams, Shams, yeah. You still look cool. Hey, we, uh,
13: this is live, this live TV now, huh? No, nah, internet. Is- yeah, internet. internet. Yeah, internet. Yeah,
0: should have had you on TV, but it's basketball mm-hmm. and it's not Christmas. Well, <laughs> day after Christmas now because yeah. we, because the NFL's got, <clears throat> sorry. We discussed this after you left, by the way. If Christmas is on Wednesday, the NFL is going to play games. If Christmas is on two, th- like,
13: Christmas is the NFL's day now. Yeah, good run. I, yeah. I, I, I thought they're playing any day. It doesn't matter which day, right?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah that, well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. Christmas yeah. seems to be an NFL day now. We apologize. We didn't make the decision, but it is awesome for us at home. Absolutely. Uh, during Christmas, we just conducted the first ever ESPN affiliated NBA conversation without asking about LeBron, and then he had a question about Austin Reeves and a shoe line, and then we did. We're wondering about LeBron. How? LeBron's still at the Lakers. AD's still there. Austin Reeves is the king of the United States team. Yep. LeBron said, I'm playing in the Olympics. Is there anything else we need to know about everything going on with LeBron?
13: Well, I think everything starts and stops with LeBron James with the Lakers this year. Like, I think this team is is more talented this year. They got more Whoa. depth on the Lakers. Getting Christian Wood at the minimum was a great get. That's a guy that turned, you know, had an extension offer from Dallas. He ends up playing for the minimum with the Lakers now. And I think getting him... And, and they got back Rui Hachimura, re-signed D'Angelo Russell, re-signed Austin Reeves. Um, I, I think this team is is prepped to go, you know, pretty far, potentially, if they stay healthy. But all that starts with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis, and mostly with LeBron James. Year 21. Uh, from everything I hear, he looks in great shape. Uh, I, I, I The foot was an issue to start. And I know we, we spoke about it. He was dealing with a tendon injury. Uh it's not not sure yet whether he got surgery but that was on the table. We'll see if he talks about it on media day on on Monday, I believe. So, we'll see. We'll see where LeBron's at physically with his foot, but to my knowledge, he's 100% ready and uh, you know, he's ready to go. AJ has a
0: question about Austin.
10: Yeah, Austin Reeves, I saw he has his own shoe line. I, I believe I heard him talking about it somewhere. Have you seen the shoes or how, and how are they? What do they
1: look like? He's sick.
13: Yeah, yeah he like he, he, sick. he does have a new shoe line uh and and I mean, I can pull up. You, know, you guys want me to like pull up the the pictures now? You know, we are get, they we public? Got, are they on the internet? I, yeah, they're, they're they're definitely on the internet. Oh, yeah. So we can, yeah. we, them can up. Them. Oh, we can probably do it.
0: Boom. Oh. Okay.
6: What
13: brand? Those look nice, right? What brand? Yeah. Where are they from? Uh, no. Well, it's it's a Chinese shoe brand. Enough of that. Bigger. Right. Thanks,
0: Sean. <laughs> What's the he's, hey, we're all about place. money, though.
13: He's he, he's 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 making one no. million a year. By the way, a, a, a little over a million a year. So for the shoes or for he's his shoes. basketball shoe deal, basketball he signed a four-year, fifty-four million dollar deal with the Lakers. Does
2: he have to join the Red Wave too? Or all no?
13: right. We appreciate, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
9: ladies and gentlemen, Sham's are on you. Thanks, day, hey, Kyrie did the same thing, right? Yeah. Well, well basketball uh, is huge over there. I think that's why right. I yeah. think uh, yeah, so there's
10: plenty weird. of players with. We'll, with shoes over
0: there. Yeah, and that's why that whole situation took place exactly. with the GM, right? Yeah, Daryl Morey, I think.
10: With Houston, yeah.
0: Yeah, from, with LeBron involved, yeah, and everybody.
2: And Houston's so big in China because Yao Ming. There's, the, I, I think this is what I saw the other day, but they were talking about how Yao Ming's debut for the Houston Rockets had like a hundred million people watching. It.
9: Probably. Yao Ming was so tall.
2: So oh tall. God.
9: He was really good too. Yao Ming. Now it wasn't it wasn't China obviously, but remember the numbers for the World Baseball Classic when uh, Joe God. Hay was playing. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what was it? Like thirty million or something? Oh, I think, think it was.
0: was it more than yeah, it was close 70. to hundred. Yeah. yeah. Well, we could be wrong. Could be. Just like we said earlier, he said, "How many wins did they have the year before KOC got there? Seven, seven six, seven, five, nine,
3: six, five, six around three. there. Could have been
0: four.
2: <laughs> Who <laughs> did they draft? That's what I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Who's that? The Vikings.
0: That's the only way I would know. Yeah, where were they in the draft? Yeah, who'd yeah. they take? All right, uh, let's talk about this game this evening a little bit. Hell let's yeah. get the hell out of here. Is there anything we haven't any covered? Yeah, Roquan Smith. You brought it up, actually. <laughs> yes, I did. Mm-hmm. You brought it up in a question to uh, Lambo. And he chit-chatted about it, hearing exactly. it. Here's the quote from Roquan Smith that was. From a press conference that then got clipped together by CBS News in Baltimore, I do believe. This is Roquan Smith about the Baltimore Ravens traveling to division rival Cleveland Browns. Which, if you do recall, Cleveland Browns were a team, and then they weren't a team. And then the Baltimore Ravens were created by the Cleveland Browns. A little bit of history there. Here's what Roquan has to say about playing in Cleveland against this Browns team.
12: You go in there as the, as the enemy to go take over, and that's our plan uh, to actually go take over. I think they call it the dog pound. I consider myself a dog, so I'm right at home in that place, so oh, I'm excited. To get hey, hey, in, and I know they are a physical football team, but so are we. Honestly, I love it. You know, I love a challenge, you know, at the end of the day. You know, I love look, facing, looking something square in the face and saying, bring it on, bring it on, whatever it is, yeah, you know, chin up, chest out. You know, I, I live by that sunsets, no regrets. So I'm okay. looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bars I can't wait. It. You're considered the bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house and you're trying to take over. Like his wife, kids, everyone there Whoa. to watch them. Well. So you, you we going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's gonna, you know, fight to the death in that point. Mm-hmm. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. Yeah, for So sure. uh, I think about it from that oh, standpoint, yes. and I'm just going in, yes. you know, just like I prepare for any other game. Play to the whistle play physical, and hit anything that moves. Coach Pagano, uh, as you were listening <laughs> to this,
0: and this was played on the local news, mm-hmm. and Cleveland obviously heard this, and the Browns mm-hmm. obviously heard this, he's just speaking his mind and the truth, I believe, in his eyes. How do you feel about listening to that, Chuck, and what do you think this does for both teams?
4: Yeah, you talk to talk, you got to walk the walk. Now, he'll show up. He's going to talk, and I don't know how fired up like John Harbaugh is right now. About, about that. that, about that.
0: About us putting it on this show, too. <laughs> You know
4: Harbaugh pretty well. He, Harbaugh was hoping
0: that nobody would see it. They put it on the local news. All right, well, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, hope yeah. nobody else picks it up. Okay, let's so
4: there'll no- probably be a, a conversation maybe had, you know, about that. But you, you throw it out there, you got to show up. Because, like, Cleveland's defense, we were talking earlier, right? I mean, they're for real. Real deal. Fly around. Jim Schwartz has done an unbelievable job with that group. They play friggin' hard. I mean, they will bust your ass. Dell Pitt, they bring him off the edge. With Miles Garrett, this group is. As Darius Smith comes over, revenge game. Minnesota's missing him, by the way, but he comes over. Yeah, I, you don't need to fuel the fire. I mean, it's hard enough to win in the National Football League. You just don't. You just don't do it. You can talk amongst your boys, this, that, and the other. But why give them more? Aj.
0: What's his deal? Why is he so negative? I like the Roquan just out there shooting from the hip. Yeah, me and the guys are talking about this. Pretty much going to her house, right in front of her wife and kids, and just yeah. beating the shit out.
10: That, that, that's what dad, it feels. New like- dad in town. There's a new dad in the oh, house. Guys. No- yeah, so yeah. I love Cooking bacon. And it's a rivalry. <laughs> Old school rivalry. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> I'm completely fine with this. It gives us another reason to watch the game. See, like. Watch in between plays, especially early in the game, what kind of chippiness there may be. Like, this makes it fun.
0: I think so, too. I love that he's doing this. So, we always ask for players and coaches as fans and media to be like, let's get some real answers, not the cookie cutter answers. You're Chuck, who's a former head coach, and thinking about it, he's like, we need to just give the cookie cutter. Okay, they're good. We're good. We're playing hard. We're trying hard. Big time division rival. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We don't need you. Imagine Harbaugh showing that. Wait, did you guys hear what Roquan said? Listen to this. Runs it. It's basically like we're going in their house right in front of their wife and kids and beating the shit out. Pause. Okay. What the Roquan, do we need to be saying this at the press conference? Is this, is this the way? Let's go to his next one. Yeah. Fight to the death. That's what I would do. Okay. Jeez. A little different, right? Robbing your house in front of, at a, you know, Bless like I would contest. like to hear Harbaugh talking about this. But I want to let Roquan know. We appreciate you, bro. We agree. Sure. You're a fucking dog. Bro.
10: Keep doing that. Hey, if they win, he's gonna break it down in the locker room post game. I bet they call him up to break it down if they win, especially if it's a nice physical game.
0: What will it be? Dogs on me. Dogs on three. One, two, three. Dogs.
3: Do you think Stefanski's going around to each guy and saying like, "This guy wants to fuck your wife. He wants to <laughs> fuck yep, your wife, <laughs> and he wants to fuck your wife." Is this Cleveland or, or is this Cucktown
9: USA? Uh. Oh no. <laughs> Ah yeah. uh, Roquan just happy. Motivation, he's out of right Chicago. there, bro. I
0: love Roquan, man. Yeah. The man. I am so happy he said that. I was watching that clip this morning, and it just kept getting better and better. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this guy is awesome. I hope he has a podcast. I hope he <laughs> just continues to talk. But he's a guy, you coach him, right?
4: Hell of a player. Yeah. Dog. Yeah.
0: Mentality always like
4: that. Downhill. Yes. Yeah. He just C ball. Bloody Tuesday Get guy. Ball. We love that.
0: Hey, Roquan. Uh, Talk your shit real Keep keep doing that. Do what you got to do. We got another sound bite here from uh, offense coordinator for the New England Patriots, Billy O'Brien. He was asked about potentially signing Will Greer from the Dallas Cowboys to their team so that they could get plays about the Dallas Cowboys because that's what's taking place this weekend. Here's Bill O'Brien chit-chatting about the art of getting information from players from other teams maybe.
3: Hey Bill. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer said earlier today that with uh, Will Greer uh, um, on the roster and uh, and Zeke, uh, that he's sure that you guys were uh, interrogating uh, Will to try and uh, suss out any details on the offense. Uh, and uh, can you confirm or deny that?
8: I mean, like interrogating. Uh, you know, Shotty. Shotty's a good good guy. I've known Shotty for a long time. He. I think that's the way it is. You know, every week in this league, every year in this league, you know, you know, there's going to be guys that come into your organization off of teams that you're about to play, and it goes both ways. You know, there's, it's always going to happen. So, um, you know, I don't think that really, at the end of the day, you got to study the film. Everybody's got to be on the same page with what we're doing. You know, I don't think, I've never thought in my years in the league that any of that was a real overriding factor in a win or a loss, it comes down to the to the players on the field and the coaches putting the players in the right positions to make plays, and you know that's what we're trying to do. I don't think we're trying to hold a light over anybody, and you know, you know, tell me what you you did on you know July twentieth of two thousand twenty three. We're not doing that. We're not interrogating that's anybody. The we're just is. trying to trying to put the better. The, put together the best game plan we possibly
0: can. Okay, so Bill O'Brien was asked to chit-chat about something that's been happening around the NFL for a long time, but since he coaches for the Patriots, it's certainly going to get magnified oh, yeah. a little bit more. Chuck, whenever this gets asked, obviously you know of this practice, and this happens around the NFL, trying to gather information however you can. How would you feel about Bill O'Brien's answer, and is that why Will is there in your think?
4: No, ultimately why he's there, just for that, no. No, they needed another quarterback on their roster, but – Will they get some information? <laughs> Will Greer? Absolutely. Did they get some information? They don't sign those guys just for, for that reason. And if they cut them next week after the game, which has you know, happened, yeah, mm-hmm. which, there's been a lot of players you know, that then, have been brought Then we, to we can go and say, okay, guilty. All right. Yeah. So you're going to try to gather as much information as you can, but at the end of the day, you do have to go play. You got to, you know, get the call. Yeah. How long has this job. been happening? though? I mean, I'm sure it's been going on for. <laughs> I mean, the way uh, players move to team team to team to team nowadays, I mean, hey, we're getting ready to play these guys. Do you have the the old playbook? Hey, Coach, I still have – I've had guys walk in and say, hey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you were there when? The same – okay, can I get the playbook? Can we bring the playbook in and we'll show you – so there's stuff that ha- you know. Yeah, that has
0: happened in the NFL forever. I think because yeah. it's the Patriots, obviously, it's going to get a little bit more spotlight. And with the Cowboys being involved, it's going to be and Shoddy, you know, who's been around sure. the NFL. We've I love Shoddy. Shoddy, Shoddy. His dad, obviously, around yeah, the NFL right. a long time, grew up in the NFL. And him going, yeah, that's what they're doing up there. So we know we're going to have to change some stuff, and that's just smart football. And then the media, AJ, being like. Okay, well, also, mm-hmm. Patriots probably are being allude to it. Happens everywhere, right? We all just need to understand that?
10: Happens everywhere. I don't think it has nearly the impact people think, though. People think, oh, they know all the tricks. They know all the secrets, everything. Any kind of hand signals or whatever, they will change them. We know that. They might get – maybe you get one or two little, little tips here. I think the, the best thing you could do, like if I had a guy that came to the team – and he was just with another team that we're about to play, I might ask him about specific players. Well, how does this – does this guy like when you bull rush him? Does this guy – when he's this running back, when he's pass blocking, what does he hate? Like things like that. Try to get some information from them. So that's player to player,
0: player to coach we just
2: talked about. Connor, go ahead, pal. I mean, I don't even want to know that stuff. I want to know what makes each player like cry. I want to get, like, what is really going to make C.D. Lamb not angry or pissed? Like, what's going to get him down to shrink into himself and be, like, super emotional in the worst possible way? You're not going to find something out about Micah Parsons that's going to be like, oh, shit, we're going to be able to block Micah Parsons now. But you might find something out that's like, boy, Micah Parsons, he might not be emotionally available to play in that game. From the first snap,
0: you tell him, like, hey, you're a bad dog dad or you so, know. this sounds like a CJ GJ thing, too, where mm-hmm. CJ GJ, new teammate comes and goes, All right, tell me about this guy. Yeah. Who have we dated? All right, how have we, <laughs> yeah. how's it gone? or terrible all- Call of Duty or something like that. Really bingo. Good Go. That That's a it. gamer. That's awesome to think about all the gamesmanship happening behind the scenes because the NFL is so, like, the parody is a real deal. You know what I mean? And it gets talked about in every league, like we want parody, want parody, want parity. It's like in the NFL, the difference between winning and losing is like that much. Two points. If you get a little bit of information from somebody, that person wants to win too. Like being on a winning team, a lot better than being on a losing team. <laughs> and there's some players that won't give things up, I think, right? There's always been players that are like they'll get won't give up everything. Some things will do that. But there's players interviewing players all day in a locker room. Hey, this guy likes to run his what? And he likes to do what? He's Some players, you'll see them talk around like, oh, I don't remember that one. It's like, all right, know that. Don't Mm -hmm. want to throw that particular player under the bus. Respect. But also, they're going to try to get more information out of you right now. It's always an information gathering Probably more of that, you
4: know, player to player going on. But we've had backup quarterbacks that there's certain times, you got the helmet cam, right? The guy's calling in the defense to the the green dot linebacker. And you get in certain situations, a two-minute situation, where you're going hurry up, they go no huddle. And there's some guy on the other sideline that's signaling, tipping, coverages, you know, because the back end because they can't hear it and they're got, they're going so they start signaling. We've had guys that get those like that. And by the second quarter, Mike's still on up to 15 seconds for the offensive for the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. Hey, tell them it's too, it's gonna be two man.
0: And then line up quick too, so they have to get their call in quick. That's not a bad strategy early though. Oh yeah, hey, let's try to hurry up in the first quarter so that they're forced to call hand signals in, and then we got somebody who's a what? Not everybody can see hand signals though, and then see the defense. there's some and dudes them that too. can
4: just figure that out and got it like that. Because a lot of people, like Peyton, was so good at New Orleans. They did so many, Sean. He did so many different personnel groups, and they had they were it was unbelievable. But they didn't signal. But people go, hey, that's regular. That's twenty-one personnel. Okay, that's that's twelve personnel. All right, this is this is 11 personnel. One back, you know, one tight end, three wides. So you could tell, so up top, they say they're in 11. So I can get on my call sheet, okay, they're 11. Personnel, it's second and 11. It's third and eight. I, I know right where to go on my call sheet. And what they're probably going to do. And probably what they're going to do. But then you don't know the personnel, and you got a bunch of dudes running on and off, and you're like, what do they got? What do they got? What do they got? What do they got? And the guy was, I don't know yet, coach. I don't know yet, coach. I don't know yet. And then... So, New England, allegedly... So, you got base defense out there. They're in four wides. But it, it's not a good deal.
0: Allegedly, New England was recording these, right? Isn't that the difference of yes. what they were doing? Like, people have been trying to pick up people's signals since the beginning of football. Like, any sport they're trying to do. We learned about it in baseball. Yeah. That's just competitive gamesmanship. Like, that's a part of the game. Like, people uh, that aren't competitive or never play the sport will never understand that. But if somebody's tipping their hand, like... Right now is not the time to tell them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. right now is the time to take advantage of them. Like, this is competition. That's an advantage. I'm beating you in that particular field. Signals have always been something like that. Yeah. What New England was doing was just not what everybody – they filmed it, so that's why it was you such a film big it, deal. right?
10: Yeah. That's the thing. You can't record it, right? That's what makes it illegal? Yeah. Can't film can't the film. opposing team sideline.
0: And they were doing that. That's why it was much different than what everybody else was doing. Yes. And then they got it's Ernie funny, there. I was
4: I was at Cleveland early 2000s, and that was one of the teams that they showed. Remember when that all came out? Yeah, yeah. So Foge Fazio, shout out to Foge. God rest, you know, rest in peace, Foge. Hey, rest he was in our, peace, Foge. He, he was our team. Fazio. All, you know, Thank you, Foge. So uh, he's on, they got him doing, I did the secondary signals and they got Foge, you know. So to go pan to Foge and then I'd be signaling the coverage. So you're in there? So it's all in, what's that? You're oh,
0: in the tapes that got burned yeah. quickly? Yeah.
4: My mm-hmm.
0: whoever up there?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, just burn well, they showed it. him yeah. on TV. They they showed all that so stuff. So you're in realistic. that
0: one. So you're in that one. You're in that tape, and then Gate. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Chuck has been at the epicenter of every single it. gate. Might be why going on up there. Belichick, Unbelievable.
2: If Belichick, you know Chuck Pagano's on the other side. We gotta we gotta get an advantage on this fucking guy. So no, but I, I no, appreciate. He beat
0: my ass so bad. <laughs> no. Oh God. He's good, man. Yeah, I, he's I, a, and yeah. I think that's why a lot of people Nothing were so disappointed about the recording because it's like. and I don't want to speak for coaches or people around there, and obviously I'm just a punter, so I don't care, but I'm just listening to how people are talking about the situation. It's like Bill's already a smarter football coach.
10: Yeah, He doesn't need to do that.
0: Yeah, and we're all trying to do the same thing. So to go to the level in which they want to, it's like others would have done it if they would have thought of it for sure, but it's like, Bill, you don't need – I think everybody was like, Bill, you don't fucking – You know, I think that was the big takeaway from it all. But there was nobody really coming out – in the league against them because everybody was trying to get people signals yeah. however the hell they could. Such an interesting conversation, but it adds to the Patriots' dynasty lore. Yeah, they, it's actually in Man
2: in the Arena, the Brady doc, because that, that was a big motivator the next season where they went 18-1 and 1 because they, the thought was, oh, you guys don't think we could do this? You think Spygate was the reason that we've had success here? And then they blew out every team until the Super
0: Bowl. Well, and then in the Super Bowl after Deflategate. Right. Do
2: you
8: yeah, think they also. singled out uh, Coach Pagano because they were like he's Italian? He's talking with his hands all the time. Let's Probably. figure out what's going on. Well, and, and
0: Fazio too is next to him. Yeah. Yeah, so right. he's just like well, these guys got to be doing a lot of things. Hey, cover two. So, no offense. Oh, I am horn. Yeah. I horn. I'm allowed, to, oh, do that. I'm allowed yeah. to do that. I love that. I'm allowed to still, do it.
9: Still didn't feel exactly right.
0: No, but I'm allowed to. Yeah. Remember, it's to I'm, wh- I'm felt, with you guys. What well, felt very so, right? What you see,
4: percentage? Me with the horn without it. Super high. Super high percent. Yeah, before and after. Higher Four and 100%. Right. So, fucking Yeah, yeah, gabagool, yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Without it, though, 0.01%. Yeah, it came back. It, it just hey, what are you guys running? What do you think we're running? Yeah, exactly. These guys are... too deep again.
0: How about Bill being shown the video the first time and he goes, do we know if those are signals or if they're just, you know, the fucking two paisans, yeah. down there? <laughs> talking about Do gabagool? we know what they're talking about? Or, what do we got over there? We got a little capicola. Mozzarella. <laughs> grazie, prego. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's cover two, I think. So Every fan. time yeah, they yep. do that. Yep. Two hands in the air. <laughs> uh, ah, yeah, The Italians are the greatest. Oh, yeah. You need to know that. I feel that way. Connor does not feel that way. I don't. Connor well, grew up like in an Irish community with one Italian kid. Mm-hmm. I happened to grow up in an Italian community as the Irish kid. Sure. So I uh, I feel like I was kind of raised by a lot of Italians. So I respect and appreciate the culture. But goddamn, you guys do some interesting
9: stuff. Difference is in those... Two situations. You love America. He hates America.
0: Yeah, we found that out yesterday. That's not
2: true. Well, you no, love Italy and Mussolini, so here we are. Jeez. You know?
0: Okay. So. All right. It's just day two of you being told you hate yeah. America. You don't bring out Mussolini. Well, yeah, we're talking about countries and their histories. Uh, How about, AJ, how about Connor getting buried yesterday? I kind of felt bad as it was happening, but he called on himself. You know what I mean? He walked right into it.
10: He did, but I did hear him say he's bought, what, eight to 12 Shirts exactly like that just to reinforce his patriotism? Not exactly like it. See, I bought 8 to 12 shirts that
2: are how I would like the patriotism to be depicted.
0: Okay, they just having a row. Yeah. Uh, why are you two two days, same shirt? Two
2: days, same shirt. You just
0: want to get a better first did impression? Just it a it
10: hammer. Ho- you take it off between the show and this one? No, moment, no.
2: do I look like an idiot? No, I kept it on okay. the entire time so the fit doesn't change. Where do you get them? <laughs> I can't tell you that information. State
10: Fair was a big... Hey, let's State
2: Fair it. had a ton of Internet. them, yeah. Indiana State Fair is the only place you can get them. Pretty good deal. Internet right there now, we the are, website's closed. Dude,
0: I love it. I'm sure oh, you no, have you gone to the state fair? <laughs> yeah. it's not good. You've never gone to the state fair? Never made it. Oh, buddy. Why not? They have great shirts. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, this it's, is
10: my
9: first time. It's fucking, judge some
10: pigs or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, pigs,
0: humans, cattle.
10: There's, there's a it.
9: lot to judge. Corn. I went once. That was. I did it. It's a people
0: watching paradise. Yeah. I, we grew up where we grew up. There wasn't a state fair around uh there was like a community days where like every local company got a tent and Mm you go up and like maybe spin the wheel and hope for a joker to run so you win 25 to 1 on the buck that you're putting Mm -hmm. in the little ticker thing and then st john's fair that was it when i come to indiana they have the state fair oh what a dream this thing as somebody who likes to eat i love eating Mm -hmm. fried everything what's that funnel cakes funnel oh, cakes yeah. fried oh, yeah. oreos the corn everything you name it it's amazing and the humans that show up at this Ooh. Thing, worthy of a watch so you've never you, gone you
4: lived out here for how long 10 years
0: Come on, Chuck. Wake up. You can
4: take Coach these John
2: Deere tractors around the entire grounds, too. Like, you can actually see every really? single person. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have, like, these long, uh, not kind of like a train, and you can just sit on benches. Like a hayride? Them. Yeah. Like you're yeah. On a hayride? Oh, yeah. Can't wait for those.
0: It's like, I don't know the square uh, mileage, so I don't want to be absurd, but it's like three, four square miles. Yeah, it's big. This yeah. entire, and it's just all. State fair is a big deal. The Ohio State fair is a big deal. I ran into some Amish at the State Fair the last time I was up there. They were racing their ponies. Nice. Oh, yeah. Jeremiah was a fucking dog. He had mud all over his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. He knew who I was, though. Oh, I remember that. tells me they're lying. You know what I mean? Tells me the Amish. some of the Amish are lying. Some,
10: yeah. Some of be.
0: And for those Amish folks that are watching our show right now in a shed that's way deep in the property yep. where they got internet to run to it or whatever, we appreciate you, you lads. Love thank you, thank you, Amish.
10: Thank,
0: thank you, lads. And lasses, maybe. I don't think so. I didn't think they had mm, electricity. Not, yeah. yeah, they cheat though. That's what I'm saying. Ron Springer. We yeah. were at Top Golf uh, for
3: uh, your Carly's diaper party. No, was it mine? I thought it was your diaper party. Maybe not though.
0: It might have been. It was Carly's birthday. I think Nick's wife's birthday. Oh yeah. We were at Top Golf, and there's a bunch of Amish to the left. Might have been we thought Mennonites mm-hmm. because they yes. were at Top Golf yeah, or right. whatever. And as they're leaving, little redheaded one, I forget his name. He was raising a lot of hell, this guy. Yes, he was. He was raising a lot of oh, hell. Yeah. He walks by us, and then the guy that's right behind him, maybe JJ, I think his name was, JJ, he actually says, like, you're Pat McAfee. And I was like, uh, yes, sir. And now I see this as a gateway to a conversation now. Right. Now I get to talk to all these people that are dressed interestingly and certainly living a different life. And then we start talking to all, all of them knew who we were. They all go to a shed. They all go to a shed. That they run, one of them goes and links up with a local, gives them power, gives them internet, and they watch Sunday Ticket. They love the yeah, NFL, yeah, and right. they love our show. Yeah, so, I mean, they're not live, and they get all the tax benefits, mm-hmm. and they're doing the whole thing. Sure. But yeah, I think we're pretty big in the Amish community.
8: They I were think- keeping score on pencil and paper, though. They were not using the electronic Top Golf that's score awesome. system.
0: That's not true. These, these dudes <laughs> were boozing so hard. Big time. These kids were dumping these beers upside down. That. Dumping that. them upside down. I don't know how old they were. 16, yeah, not sure. 16, 17. But then they hopped in a van, yeah. went to another bar, probably mm-hmm. do the exact same thing. It was a rum springer. They were doing it.
4: Oh, yeah. I haven't been out much, right? I don't think so.
0: Uh, maybe. You, yeah, know. you never know. I don't know. They're, they're li- they, they said they were ready to build us a fucking shed here yeah. next week if we wanted. It's yeah. in yeah. three days. They, they didn't, put yeah, it up like it.
8: that.
9: Maybe, maybe they were CEO Amish. What's that? Christmas and Easter. Only. Yep.
0: Nailed it. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> that came from LDS Thursday. Yeah, just heard that last week. CEO. LDS Thursday. <laughs> that was a great theme. LDS got a guy signed to a team.
9: Mm-hmm. Oh, are
8: you
0: happy? i well, how about that? I enjoyed
9: Call our Call me next. Our game days. Raven.
0: Yeah, practice squad. How do you feel about these vets signing practice squad deals? AQ awesome. lost his mind, and then he started thinking. He, then then he learned how much money they're making. If
4: you're still in shape.
0: So wh- why not? Well, it gives like two, three weeks for the team too to see if you can learn the system, if you're in shape, how the locker room feels about another veteran in there. It's like a perfect setup. How come this hasn't happened in the past? Was it available in the past?
4: Well, they just started. COVID H- opened a- it right? up.
10: PSC. COVID practice. started this kind of thing. I think. Yeah, they
4: changed the practice squad. They changed rules. the re- you know who could yeah. be who was eligible for it. So they added these veterans because of COVID. They went to like sixteen. You can have sixteen guys on the practice squad now. Smart play. Yeah. Genius, you know, smart, and play. so you can, you can, I mean, 10, 12, how, how many years Vannoy been playing? Nine, nine, I think. Nine. Yeah. So, can you imagine getting, getting a vet in there, and if he's in football shape, in a couple three, because he's just on the, he's not going to get hurt on the practice squad, given the, given the offensive. Hopefully, look. well, maybe there's you been, been I mean? some. No, but the way injuries. that you know, you know how that goes. They're not killing each other. There's no tackling. There's no life. You know? There's a chance because he's playing
0: football, but that's another reason to have him on the practice Maybe a soft tissue. Like, hey, is your body ready to be back in the NFL? Because you can out soft tissue,
4: right? Something yeah, I think like it's that. a
0: smart play. I think it's a really smart play, especially with the money that they're paying. They're paying good mm-hmm. – so you would assume nine years in, he's made a good amount of cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to make another six-figure deal, and then if you play, it's going to go right. mm-hmm. up again. He knows again. he's
10: getting called up. He knows he's getting pulled up, though. I'm sure he – Worked out there, and they said, "Hey, we can sign you to the practice squad, and, and we plan on bringing you up soon."
0: Is it the same rules where if another team signs you at the practice squad, you got to be active oh. for what? Three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, so I don't know how vets? that works. No. Is that the same it with should.
4: vets? No, that's a, that's exactly. If, if you go poach somebody from somebody else's practice squad, you got to keep them on your fifty-three for three weeks minimum.
0: So then you're signing Kyle Van Noy to a veteran min for at least three weeks, is what you're signing him to?
4: Well, he's going to the practice squad, so I don't know what that. But money if
0: is. another team plucks him off yeah. the practice squad, they're paying him like a veteran min for three weeks.
4: I'm, I don't know for sure. That would be my guess. Okay. Interesting. That's how, the, used, that's how it used to be.
0: Yeah, the, but those aren't vets, remember? Those were just young guys pretty much that were on the yeah, practice Yeah, used squad. to be
4: ineligible
10: after how many, how many years? Three
0: years, I think, right? Three years you're allowed I to live you're
10: vested after three.
0: Yeah, so it was the first three years. So those guys were on rookie men deals. So if another team was to the pluck them, there's no real negotiation sure. it's like hey you're lucky to get on a team for at least three weeks off the practice squad anybody's practice squad with a vet i wonder if it's i wonder pra- what
4: that game check or that paycheck looks like first week on p squad second week we know what it's going to look like if they bring them up right? so it Twelve thousand. Twelve
0: thousand practice 12 so
4: for everybody that's on there yes Oh, is there a veteran practice squad? Well, that's I, that's would be my next question. Oh. I'll, I'll reach out to some guys and see if we can I don't find that so. out. Yeah,
2: because if there were if there was, would it deter you from adding?
4: Yes. If it doesn't go against
0: cap, I yeah. think
4: oh, true. They'll yeah. They'll spend money.
0: Yeah, I guess some places would
4: not spend money if it was a little bit. We more. can find that out. But I know if they bring him up, they sign him to fifty three. He's going to make. Whatever that won, Veteran players with over two
0: years of experience will make a minimum of sixteen. Th- yeah, there is a veteran practice squad. Mm. Here we go. Practice squad players make twelve thousand per week, or two hundred sixteen thousand for eighteen. Veteran players with over two years of experience will make a minimum of sixteen thousand per week, two hundred eighty-nine thousand. A maximum of twenty thousand per week, three hundred seventy thousand. Okay, so you're like so an eight-year tiered? vet,
10: you get 20, 20 a week, or do say. you like
0: get tiered, like tendered? Like, hey, you're a vet, we're going to put you at the top practice. Like Cal probably at twenty there. Probably,
10: also? yeah, You would have to be. Nine years in,
0: you would think so. That's pretty good. Hey, it's not bad. Great deal. Deal. That's a pretty good little deal there. And then, what's veteran men now? 600 some 700 some? Mm-hmm. Oh,
10: seven. Oh, from, right. yeah. I thought it was seven. veteran. Oh, veteran men might, yeah. If he's a, a nine years, his veteran min's almost a mil. Gotta be.
9: We can probably find 870,000. So, that's, so it's, that's for let's divide for that by year, 18, 870. Seven plus years is 1.65. Is vet men per- minimum? That's what I'm looking at.
0: What's minimum now when God you get drafted damn. as a rookie? The fuck! That's why they're not signing any <laughs> of these guys. Absurd. Yeah. Rookie minimum
10: was two seventy five when I got in the league.
0: Yeah, I wonder what rookie minimum is now because if guys are getting paid one hundred
9: and fifty, is what it's saying.
0: So that's a nine hundred thousand dollar difference. No shit, they're taking the young guys. They're not going to sign any of these vets. Yeah. That was one of the backlashes that wasn't thought about when they're like, veteran men needs to be here, rookie men needs to be here, and then teams are like. Okay, if we stack two of these, that's one point four million. That's okay. Yeah, we will get rid of money
4: well spent. If you get a guy like Vanoy, if he knows you've been in a similar system, you got a couple guys dinged up for a, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is, and you can just plug and play. Did you say one six for the veteran? Men?
9: Uh, one point. This says one point one six five. Oh, one one six one one six five
0: zero 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 divided right. by eighteen right. equals. So that's 64700 So that's a nice $44,000 bump whenever you go back sure. up to the active squad for
9: Kyle Van Noy. That's crazy. This is the uh, minimum chart by year.
0: So my men, if I was to go back, $1.165 mil.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Jeez. Pretty good.
0: Yeah, nice to know that's still there. Would it
4: be less because the first <laughs> yeah, three weeks? You never that. know what's going to happen. Yeah, nice to know. Think I think you're going to be okay, but.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be okay. It's so nice to know there's a million dollar job. glad you're but, lifting. Yeah, absolutely. I think I could, I wouldn't be in the top 20, but I'll tell you what, for 1.165, you're expecting me to be 26 yeah, anyways. Exactly. So I'll turn a couple over for you every once in a while. But that is certainly affecting decisions on who they're keeping.
10: How could it not? Yeah, it has
0: to. Every dollar. You know, especially yeah. at the bottom half of that roster, because they're trying to pay the top half. So they're tr- all we ever talk about is the puzzle pieces to pay this top half. So you know who are the kind of the the victims of that whole thing is the bottom fifteen. Yeah. And in the vets—that's where special teamers are. That's where guys have been around a long time. So now you had fair catches to kickoffs. Mm. You also had the fact that they're three dollars hundred thousand dollars more. It's like that's a. Uh, That wasn't really well thought out, I don't think. I I don't know if I'm in the room I think of that either, but that is certainly something that has taken place with the new rules. Let's dive into this evening and make our picks.
9: This evening, has this line changed at all, Tone Diggs? Let me make sure. I believe it was still sitting at – nope. There's a a one-and-a-half at BetMGM. There's a a two-and-a-half at FanDuel. Everyone else is two.
0: Okay, so we'll take it at two for this particular standpoint. We tied last week, AJ. Great work with that last Good week. Good job, boys.
9: Great work. There's a
0: man joining us right now who coached football for 36 years, who is currently two and zero. Would have been three and zero, but the first week he was in Italy riding a bike with Ray Lewis. That's right. Oh, yeah. He would have been on the right side of it, obviously. So we're telling him he's three and zero, baby. Boy, Coach. Last week the Niners beat the hell out of the Giants. We kind of saw it all. Uh, he backdoored the Vikings over the Eagles in week two. Week one would have had the Detroit Lions, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Chuck, whenever you look at This NFC North matchup this evening, first time the Lions have been favored going into Lambeau against QB1 and the Packers in 37 years. How do you see it playing
4: out? Hey, so, I mean, going into Lambeau, we all know what that's like. Jordan Love looks really good. I know his completion rate percentage isn't great, but he looks good. They're due to get back. I know they're missing left tackle, left guard. Um, They got able bodies to, to fill in there. Get Aaron Jones back, which is going to be a big lift. Christian Watkins is, is supposed to be – Watson. What is it? Watson. Oh, Watson. Well, okay, Watson. He's a rook. He's a second-year Second, year, second C-Daw- year C-Daw- guy. Sorry, Christian. It's okay. He's but back get, first time. Yeah, get back. him back. Yeah, good. Dobbs, you know, maybe A.J. Dillon as a coming off the bench Oof. and not being a starter plays a little bit better. Hmm. That's going to be – that's a tough ask. And then getting points at home, that's hard to bet against. But – Whoa! Yep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but. Whoa! Wow. I'm a believer in these brand <laughs> new Lions. I just think MCDC, what? that culture, what? What? the line of scrimmage. Uh, okay, I know they got a couple guys down. Uh, Aaron Glenn, the job he's done with that defense. Hold Atlanta. I thought Atlanta, I didn't see that coming. And hold them to six points. Mm-hmm. And you look at. You know, Saints went in there and just dominated that first half, right? When did Derek Carr go out? Third quarter. Third quarter. Okay, so, and when did they game get their 18 well, points? in Fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Fourth quarter. So, <laughs> Goff, Goff, is, Goff is four and two. Nothing against Jameis. Love Jameis. Love his pregame deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and all his workouts that's and that's exercises. That's, cla- uh-huh. that's classic. I'm, Should we go deep to shoot? She- yes. Yes. <laughs> That's his
0: last appearance.
4: <laughs> yeah. We love him. So give me Goff. Give me that run game. David Montgomery's supposed to play Foxy, right? That starter. Yes, yeah, sir. We get that pounder back with uh, Gibbs and Amon, Ra, Saint Brown. Brown. Yeah. yeah. You like I, the Lions. Give me, give me the Lions and that defense. They can run the ball. Packers can't stop the run. They're at 27th in the league right now in rush defense. So you give think Gibbs,
0: Lions. Montgomery, big night tonight?
4: Big night tonight.
0: Because last year, remember, you were calling, like, touchdowns for people. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're saying Gibbs, big night tonight.
4: Um, oh. Gibbs, yeah, Gibbs, Gibbs. Montgomery, big night. It's going to be a great one-two punch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's going
2: to be weird because Gibbs, like, I think he's tied for the league lead in, like, 15-plus
4: yard runs.
0: And he is not. But he hasn't scored yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. I
4: think the big night goes to number eighty-seven, Laporta. Oh, he's. Hey, did you see that silky? Yes, route? I saw it. Yeah, he's a and guy. they still can't cover him.
0: Yeah, Hawkeyes, and also Ben Johnson, big time. So we like Laporta in the end zone.
4: Like Ben, we were together at UNC. He was a backup quarterback. 2007 Ben oh yeah you have ties to everybody of course of course you do yeah (laughs) he's awesome
0: yeah he's been great yeah as the offense coordinator for the Detroit Lions okay so we like Laporta anytime touchdowns what I just heard from Chuck Pagano as well as a Lions win Lions favored by two in Lambeau AJ Hawk who's been seeing the board pretty well how do you see this one turning out
10: I appreciate Chuck and going through the game and trying to trying to figure everything out but I'm going to have to take the other side here. I'm taking Green Bay. I think Rashawn Gary, if you've been watching the Packers, Rashawn Gary's all over the place. He is everywhere. Uh, I think their secondary is going to play very, very well. I'm a bit worried about uh, stopping the run. I know this Detroit offense is going to try to run the ball early, play action, take some shots. I think the Packers turn them over a few times. Give me the Packers plus two.
0: Okay. Mm. Plus two at home. I mean, that, you were – Plus dis-
10: three maybe. I saw it plus three somewhere else. No, no plus no.
0: three. So we decided on two. We've never got it.
10: Yep. Our guy told us – a guy said about the book, said you got you to gotta check the books and get your best there's line. Nowhere. Yeah, well, oh. you
0: do got to get that for your actual money, but for the sake of our picking here, two okay. this is where okay. we're at. That's, that's and the and best line you got. got. Yeah, two and a half doesn't even exist anymore. So, sorry about mm. it. Just two. All right. And that's I'll the best it. line. I would like you to get one and a half. How about that? mm
10: no, it, it says plus two on the board right there. Oh, okay. Uh,
0: okay. So now we're going with Green. There we go. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say this one is difficult because I do appreciate the hell out of Jordan Love and this Green Bay Packers team in this new era, this transition era, from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Gunta Koot's eyes and hands are all over this roster now. This is how he's going to be judged. And when Jordan Love was having this moment with the Packers fans in the fourth quarter, I was watching and I was like, this is special. This is a moment we're going to look back on whenever they tell the story of Jordan Love. But, yeah. I'm with Chuck. Bach and Jenkins out. Mm -hmm. Okay, left tackle, left guard. That D-line of Detroit and how they'll attack that. And I think Dan Campbell, quietly, sneaky, football guru. Like, we talk about Vrabel and Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. Like, hey, our strategy is going to be our strategy. I think MCDC has his fingerprints all over how we're going to attack teams, what we're going to do. And Ben Johnson and Goff, I think they go into Lambeau and make it four straight against the Green Bay Packers. Give me the Lions minus one and a half. You good with that? I'm good with whatever you want oh, whatever yeah. you can, whatever you I, fool. You, I, I don't, fool.
10: don't expect you to be on my side with, I don't want you to be on my side it's good when we're okay. opposing well I got a
0: one and a half so we a one one one. On. yeah we got a one and a half yeah sure. we, just, we just slip one
10: yeah it's out there yeah. I mean no, I heard you I don't, I, I'm a money line guy anyway I don't really care about the spread Whoa, tough oh tough guy hell yeah it oh. has nothing to do with being tough but yeah I'd like to see who wins the game
0: uh, okay oh. you said you have uh anytime touchdown scorer this weekend a five legger that uh, you feel very good about and I think Gibbs is one of them
2: is he not so Gibbs was not on that list but he is on another list that i like a lot uh <laughs> just because these guys who don't get touchdowns who is on that list with gibbs is uh the packers tight end luke, luke musgrave. musgrave he has not gotten in the end zone yet and because cj GJ's out backup safety probably back there i don't know if that is branch hey,
5: tight ends have been awesome against the lions defense by the way okay, okay so yes. yeah musgrave seems like
2: the one that's like that hasn't scored yet that should get it
5: Okay, now who's your five parter? Do you remember? The five
2: parter is Zay Flowers, Puka Nakua, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown.
0: Olave.
2: And there's Olave. Yeah, Chris Olave. He's the last one. It's those five. They have the most targets without a touchdown.
0: So we're just assuming this is going to be the week where they all get in. Yes. And sorry, not most targets, most catches without a touchdown. Yeah, so these guys have been. Puka Nakua has been the story. He's been balling. Has not scored a touchdown yet. Jamar Chase.
9: Puka Kuna. That's not his name. No. It's a wonderful
5: phrase. Is that where we're going? <laughs> no. Puka, Puka Kuna. About they you call it
9: other They
4: call
2: other You
9: know
4: them. that song. What's that movie film? Kuna song?
2: Matata? Yeah. yeah. The Lion King. Puka Nakua. N- for the rest I'm
0: of dreams, dreams, the means he's always open
2: and catching balls. Puka Nakua. call him go. Puka Donkic. That's his nickname.
0: Puka. I like that. Ooh. Yeah, it's a
4: nice hookah.
0: He's a hell of a football player. What's his Very last
4: good. name? Puka what? Nakua. A. Puka Nakua.
0: Mm-hmm. and he's gonna be here in indianapolis this weekend he's gonna be right. uh, sadly mistake you might want to take him off of that <laughs> i don't Think know if the colt's it. gonna let anybody score let alone poking a cool. it's actually the only one i feel 100 on is Whoa. Whoa. A Whoa. well aj
2: brown and jamar chase they're feeding them the ball they just when it gets down to the red area they're just focusing on those two
0: Olave too i mean he's a yeah. guy that needs to get in
2: the paint yeah at least they got michael thomas to take some pressure off all right so what'd you like who's
0: the tight end Luke, Luke Musgrave. Musgrave. Okay, Luke Musgrave. you like Laporta, tight ends tonight. Don't you in. think
4: Branch shuts out? Whoa. Foxy, will they put Branch on him?
5: They did that with uh, Pitts last week, and he was pretty successful. And the two A-ing games was. before that, the tight ends dominated. How is
3: Pitts? I don't think I've I've learned. Enough. Talking about trading him yeah. last yeah. week, yeah. and yeah, Atlanta already yeah. shut that down. Back hard so. time getting to
2: the ball. where did Musgrave go to school? Oregon State. Okay. There's just a lot of talk about rookie tight ends, and it's really only Laporta. I would hope being a dog at what home. What
0: about what's his face up in Buffalo? Kincaid? Kincaid,
2: he has been underwhelming. They're, really, he—I think he had two catches for three yards last week. They're oh, not. They're, they're not. He—he he hasn't. It, the way they talked it, about him has been up here, and it hasn't been the same.
0: Lot of season left for everybody. Oh, a lot plenty, of season. Right, Hang All in there. Right, Let's enjoy the hell out of tonight. Tomorrow, I will be at Duke. I believe AJ will be. Instead. Instead, what? What? We got big time guests. I believe we got Artie Smith calling in from London Town. Ooh, hell yeah! I believe we got TJ what? White joining us. I believe head coach Mike Elko of the Duke football team will be joining me down there Nice. at Duke. And Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke, will be joining me down there. So tomorrow should be absolutely packed. We can't thank you, and obviously we'll be reacting to this evening's sure. games. Hell yeah! Big one in the NFC North tonight. Cute. All eyes are on Prime. Hopefully, we'll get a good game.
9: Hopefully. all we
0: I think we will. I think so, too. These teams know a lot about each other, so that means they know their
9: weaknesses. The hell mm-hmm. right.
0: But they also know their strengths, so it might be just a stalemate, which sure. is what primetime football has been a little bit too often mm-hmm. yeah. in the last year and a half. But not tonight. Nope. No, Tonight's no, no. going to be a great game, and we'll be reacting to all of it. AJ, you're the man. Chuck, appreciate you, pal. Boy, Thank Chuck, you. He will be trying to go 4-0 with his Lions pick tonight. I hope that happens for the good of both of us. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you're the greatest humans on earth. Thank you so much for allowing us to do this every single day. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice It might change their life. Goodbye.